Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop his six feet if they kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravishing flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm your host, James Boyd. And with me, I have Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just uh, watched a bunch of stuff, listened to a bunch of music, and, um, you know, just, you know, trying to trying to be, stay black and not die out here. So, you know. Yeah. Um, I think you can do one very well. The other ones can be hard at times. Uh, so, I'm assuming that you listened to a bunch of music uh, recently in preparation for... Uh, this project I asked you to to take take <laughs> take upon your uh, degree, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, okay. Sir. So, uh, on was it Wednesday? Was it last Wednesday? I think so. It was one of the yeah. days. Last Wednesday, uh, Billie Eilish got herself put on Twitter for like a whole day because she, I guess, it was quotes from Vogue, where uh, she basically um, made a or was making trying to make a point a a, a point that's been like. A, this is not some maverick Marvel idea. This is something that's been talked about for like literally decades in rap about people lying in their raps and whatnot. And uh, it is it, brought to attention. Literally, because, pull up Rapper's Delight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I thought it was just like people got really upset about it, and for me, just like this is a young person that thought she was really making a you know really thought she had an idea that wasn't something that's like well traversed territory um so i just took it as like she just thought she had some maverick idea that like and she hasn't been around and long enough on this earth to realize that like people have been talking about this since before she's been born and it is yeah. what it is it, so and, and we and I, I really don't give a fuck to hear that from her like yeah that's another <laughs> one people got really upset with her because it's like you know your aesthetics uh some of your music pulls from uh rap music and then you want to shit on it and then it's like there then you throw in like the long history of pop acts 
taking stuff from rap and using it to further their careers in, you know, for, for their benefit and not like, you know, putting in, you know, what they took out. So, um, I didn't want to get into the seriousness of that, but I wanted to talk about like the fun part of that, which is like, what are some of your favorite lies in the history of rap music? So, uh, me yes. and Rich have, uh, talked about this and we said like, come up with your, some of your, like your five favorite lies. You could have went a little longer, but it would have, it would I think the thing is, uh, you go through so much music that you want to find like perfect lies, not like, oh, you know, you sold so much cocaine. It's like, yeah. nah, I want, I, you want one that's like, nah, we're not even going to have a dispute about whether that's embellishment. We're just going to be like, that. no, that's absurd, sir. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Richard, you'd like to go first. Sure. Every single Takashi 69 song in existence. <laughs> Let's start there. Okay. Sure. I don't have any lyrics prepared, but as you can see, uh, with with this young man and you know everything he he's done since, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was all cap. Oh man. Okay, so. <laughs> okay, so for me, I'm gonna start with something real light. I'm gonna start with real light. Drake on life is good from recently. This man said, "I ain't did my taxes. I'm too turned up." Oh yeah, you ain't did your taxes. <laughs> you, you ain't did your taxes. Yet you're in this country. Look, man, I can tell you this right now. You will not be in this country as a minority if you are not paying your taxes, sir. I can guarantee you that. So, uh, Rich, you can keep go ahead. Okay, my next one comes from the game, um, the rapper, the game, of course, from the West Coast. He said. I woke up out the coma 2001, about the same time Dre dropped 2001. That album came out in, in 1999. 1999. Yes, 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 yes. What are you saying? Oh, boy. And it made me think of the, the 150-cent disc record. He says, remember when you said you woke up out the coma 2001? Well, your brother says you were never in a coma. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. your brother says you were never in a gang right he oh my god like 50 is one of the all-time promos and he's never wrestled yes <laughs> like ti's like that too he's like dude who has better promos than 50 cent or ti at the end of records no one no one not even flair <laughs> okay so Jim Jones uh, underrated as well. They ooh. used to, they used to throw him on at the end, talking yeah. about he'll smack the Kufi off Nas's head. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, underrated for his day. Okay, number four for me, Jay Z, nigga, please. I've been around the world. I damn near beat Jordan <laughs> around the world, nigga. You expect me to believe? You beat Michael Jeffrey Jordan. You, Sean Corey Carter, beat Michael Jeffrey, or almost beat Michael Jeffrey Jordan in a game of shooting. I don't get. Look, was this the '80s when he couldn't hit the side of a barn, or was this? Was this? Look, what was Michael Jordan blindfolded? During this, you know, shooting game. First off, knowing what we know about Michael Jordan, he don't give a good goddamn about you rapper guy in 2002. I don't give a damn if you if you were damn near the greatest rapper all the time at that point in time. What what do you want? Tickets? <laughs> what do you want from me? Look, was Michael Jordan shooting with a football? Is that how you beat him? <laughs> or nearly beat him? This, another one. 
does New York product Sean Corey Carter seem like somebody that has a jump shot? Have you ever seen anybody from New York City with a jumper ever in life? What's up, the Brooklyn Ike? I know, I know he he's uh, probably laughing right now. Look, uh, no disrespect. But y'all always talk about how none of y'all got jumpers because y'all out there in that shitty weather trying to play in hoop. So we got this one lone guy that, that has his jumper, but he never made it to the league, huh? He decided never to sell tried. dope and rap instead, right? Never tried. Hidden talent. Okay. Who knew? Yeah. Oh, my next one. On the games album. Uh, <laughs> you the song game called- again? Yeah, well, no, not the game. Oh, okay. So oh, on the game's album, uh, the documentary has a song called Higher. And oh. then Dr. Dre randomly pops on the song at the end of one of the verses. And he he, he says four words. Watch out for detox. <laughs> we still We're, watching, bitch. We are still watching. <laughs> yeah. It was year 15 now? Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, y'all well, love it. Y'all, y'all ever see detox? Let me know. When did Straight Outta Compton come out? Compton came out, what, 2016, right? 2015. He's dropped the album since then. We're never getting detox. Ever. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Also, shout out to Drake. Cause I, dude, I think that might be one of the best mixed albums I've ever heard in this era. Mm. Uh, that Compton album. Jesus Christ. What incredible. Them dudes did that. And, and look, it couldn't have just been them headphones either. Uh, <laughs> okay, so... Number three for me, Rick Ross hustling. Now, <laughs> Rick Ross is one of the all-time cappers. But, and I really could have picked anything off of Port of Miami, and I especially could pick pretty much any lyric off of uh, um, off the first verse of hustling. But, for this man to get on this mic and say, I know Noriega, the real Noriega, he owes me a hundred favors. Look here, Officer Ricky. Look at here. No, uh, sir. No. Nope. I don't Not know either. how it slid. Nobody nobody blinked twice, James. Rick Ross is one of the all-time workers. And by saying by saying he's a worker, the fact that his gimmick was another famous Coke dealers. Unbelievable. And he took it. And this dude faked it all the way to the top. This dude, I don't think he ever had a top 10 Billboard single. And this man became one of the... Heavy hitters in hip hop, a first ballot rap hall of famer, while also having having a former career in the past of being a correctional officer. Right. I don't know how do you fake fake it that much to the top. I really don't. It was mind boggling when All it was happening in the mid two thousands. It was mind boggling when it happened in um in the twenty tens when he dropped uh Teflon Don, a classic, while lying through his teeth left and right to everyone. Became a legend in, in some circles. Yes. Unbelievable. Congratulations. Who knew? And I, I feel weird about it. Like, congratulations, <laughs> you fucking liar. Go, go ahead, Rich. My next one uh, comes from Lloyd Banks of G-Unit, uh, one of my favorite rappers. One time, Lloyd Banks in a freestyle, I believe it was on a Snoop Dogg beat. Lloyd Banks said, Banks got a gun that'll back down the Navy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Those of y'all that know, know how absurd if Lloyd Banks had a gun that would back down the Navy, I'm pretty sure he would have to use it because they'd be coming to get it from him. Yes, yes. Yeah, like, uh, I don't know how if he understands how uh, the U.S. government 
in the Navy operates, but like they are definitely bomb first types, right? <laughs> so <laughs> look, they look, they be bombing on people that try to accumulate something that can back down the Navy. <laughs> like, oh no, 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 no. Yes. Uh, yes. It's all the freestyle uh it's an old Snoop Dogg song. I just re- remember it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh that's number two, right? Yep, that was my number two. Okay, number two is a song in lyrics that are so vile that I cannot repeat. I am only going to give you the name of the uh, artist and I am because it's a group, and then I'm going to give you the name of the song, and I will allude to certain things, but I'm not going to repeat what was the actual lyrics. You're gonna have to go to the rap genius or whatever else yourself. Um, this. The first time I ever heard UJK, I think, was 96, right? That was when Ryan Dirty came out, if I believe correctly, if I remember correctly. Maybe 95, I can't remember. But before Ryan Dirty, they had an extensive uh, career. Obviously, you know, everyone knows Pocket Full of Stones, or in front, back, side to side. But there was also a song from, I believe, 1988. Oh, my God, he's about to do it. Called (laughs) Pregnant Pussy. Um, I had never heard of this song until like 2011, 2012. Um, there is a hook on that song that is vile and wretched and anatomically impossible. <laughs> Feel free to Google it. Dr- you know, tweet at me. Um, we'll, we can discuss, but I'm not going to discuss it. The rest of it here. That's for yeah. the rest of y'all to listen to. Can't do it. It, it, yes, it is Can't just do it. unbelievable. Can't do it. Unbelievable. Can't do it. So, for my number one, can, can you can you believe that they're making something like that in '88 and then like you know like Bun B is like one of the great rap ambassadors of this era. Yes, a, like, a, a, a grandfatherly like figure of rap. At right, this like point. It, yeah, that's that's like you I you know I always like affectionately called him Uncle Chad and Uncle Bun. Like, nah, bro. Like that song's like, what was y'all doing? What was y'all thinking? Right. Like when what like what 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 made you use that line? Yes, you know, yes, definitely yeah. flex. Why 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 would you? Why would you yes, yes. So go yes. ahead, Rich. You're number one. So my my number one lie. I'm the realest nigga in it, you already know. <laughs> Got trapped of the year four times in a row from Young Jeezy. One, where are the trophies? <laughs> Two, what award show or organization was giving this award out? I'm assuming it's like the same uh, Chicago uh, like organization that was giving out Playhead of the Year in the Chappelle Show skits. See, see. Who else was in the nominations for Trapper of the Year? Who has this documented besides Jeezy? Uh, I mean, I guess dudes like Goldmouth and Big Meech and, you know, the BMF dudes that was behind bars. Why haven't we continued to know who Trapper of the Year was after this and who Trapper of the Year was before this? Is it like the, the Heisman ceremony where, like, <laughs> the 1981 Trapper of the Year shows up and all the previous winners have votes? Like, is that how this works, James? So, so are you asking? Is there also regional voting? Correct. <laughs> are there biased? You know, is a degree of difficulty is more difficult to do it in one region of the country. Yeah. Like, where, like, how is does there it a, work? Is there an East Coast bias for Trapper of the Year? Oh, yeah, like, like, what is this? Oh you know. my gosh! <laughs> oh, this is great. Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> Don't you just love when you be like, hey man, how does this shit work out logistically? Like we like I'm trying to figure this out, bro. Run this in, help me help me figure this out for you. Yes. <laughs> oh, for me, really. Okay. <laughs> oh man. That was it. Okay. Uh, okay. So number one for me. <laughs> This is such a tremendous lie that me and Rich wanted to make sure, or I wanted to make sure that we didn't have the same outrageous lie on here. So I start saying, "Is Artist X on your on your list? Artist X on your list?" And we came across this one. He said yes. Then we said, "Which song is it? It's the same song." So I was like, I know what song you're coming up with. I know exactly what lines you're using. You cannot use this one, Rich. This is mine. The reason why I even came up with this idea was because specifically because of this, these lyrics. Okay, so you have Birdman from either 2000 or 2001 had a song called Number One Stunner. This song is so outrageous that the second verse, at the end of the second verse, he says... I like to. F- <laughs> I can't even get out straight. It's as ridiculously disgusting as the li- the lyrics of uh, "Pretty Place" by UGK. He sa- he breaks out. Uh, I like to fuck him in the ass while Wayne beats up the pussy. Okay, first off, <laughs> it is two thousand one or two thousand period. How old? How Wayne was, Wayne was born in eighty two. Yeah, Lil Wayne was. I don't know if he was eighteen yet. Maybe. He was doing so. He is saying that he was doing DPS with groupies when Wayne had just turned eighteen. And how long had the Hot Boys been out and all that before that? Ooh, uh, uncomfortable. Move <laughs> forward. Yes. Uh, look. Um, if it's consensual, I guess. However. Um, that is move to, very, move the game very, forward. very, very strange. Um, but let's move it on. We're going to get to the actual lie, not just the, yeah, the very disturbing truth he told on himself that could have landed him in prison potentially. Anyway, this man at the end of the song just goes into full out. He blacks out. He <laughs> says, now nah, it's plain and simple, nigga. <laughs> I ain't met a nigga yet that can fuck with the cash money hot boys with these cars, nigga. You see that Monte Carlo that's hot and on fire? Basically, he goes on to say he got that bitch on dubs. He got a new 2000. He got the G-Wagon on dubs. He got that new vehicle with frog eyes and that bitch on dubs. All our cars are on dubs. He says, yeah, we all drive Bentleys on dubs. I'm trying to put platinum eyebrows on these hoes. I just bought me a platinum football field, nigga. You understand? Don't fuck with me with these cars. Okay. This man said that he has a platinum football field, Rich. What? The, how does that work? How? Explain to me. What type of shoes do you wear on the platinum football field to not mess up the platinum? I, I don't know. I don't know. How big is it a standard size football field? Is it like a mini size <laughs> platinum is, football field? Is it like field? University of Miami's indoor practice facility that's 65 yards in length, period? Is yeah. one of yeah. them? Look, yeah. look, niggas go to Miami. Look, niggas go to Miami for Super Bowl. They can't even practice in Miami's uh, football indoor facility because it's too small. Unbelievable. <laughs> the, it, like, the, the platinum football field. Unbelievable. Like, what he said was so ridiculous that you forget the line he said before that was, he's trying to put platinum eyebrows on these hoes. How does that work either? 
They had to go get surgery. What? And, and implant the platinum. I unbelievable. Yeah, man. Like this just outrageous. He's one of the all time cappers. <laughs> While being stinky, filth, and rich because he robbed so many dudes out of their money. Yes. A crook. Yes. Unbelievable. So um, th- those are some some of our favorite lies. Yeah. Uh, you know. Is that the end of the show? <laughs> I, I mean, shit. <laughs> this is going to end up on the best of. Absolutely. There's not a there's not a chance this ain't going on the on the best of 2020. Not a chance it won't end up on there. Oh, Unbelievable. Okay. All so right. This is a wrestling podcast. Yeah, I guess. this is a wrestling you know. podcast. I guess we got to talk about wrestling. Okay, so. Um, this week or the past week because we did uh, what did we do last year or, or last week we did a two thousand the award uh, the, the award shows we missed a lot of stuff but uh you know the number two and number three in WWE's uh corporate infrastructure were fired uh Berrios and Wilson and that was a week before we got to the quarterly financial stuff um we're not really gonna bore you too much with that stuff it's one we don't really care too much about that we're really caring about like what's on the tv screen like the other shit is the other shit right and like we only talk about what's happening behind the screen as you know it makes changes to what's happening on the screen so um where do you where do you really want to start i mean they're talking about what they're going to do potentially with um you know all these key um markers of interest like uh, house show attendance, um, g- gate, uh, you know, viewership. So much, so much. Of these indicators of of of, uh, of fan engagement or interaction is down. So Anything that has to do with the fans giving them money is down. Yeah. Um. So you know, they're we've known they've been buoyed by their TV contracts for a long time, and it's going to be that way for the next five years. Uh. But now, you know, because the because of the shakeup up top in their infrastructure, um, their stock price went down, and then at the weekly, the Thursday pref- or, uh, conference call, um, Vince seemed to allude that they may, may potentially be shopping, or not potentially, they are shopping their pay-per-views um, to different streaming services, and um, we don't know if it's every pay-per-view, if it's some pay-per-views, if it's just WrestleMania, if it's just a big four, if it's only the top three, it, does that even involve takeovers? We don't know none of that. We just know that they're shopping stuff around and he to streaming service that he uh, deemed as the major. So that would be like Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, Peacock, potentially Disney plus ESPN plus, um, and a few other places that would be considered quote unquote majors. Uh, no, this reminds me of it. It reminds me of like every, the dream of every like small business owner is basically like, start a business and then like get bought out by someone huge for a bunch of money like right. remember when 50 cent had them it did all that invested in the vitamin waters and then they got right. bought by coca-cola like that's like what this shit reminds me of yeah. yes instagram yeah. gets bought by facebook shit like that <clears throat> that's that looks like what's going to happen with either the wwe network or at least you know the uh pay-per-views which are the main you know draw for the uh, network right and it, it's kind of it's, it's kind of crazy to see like where the network has ended up and uh, you know when it first launched and where it is now and to see it was a failure like you know they didn't come close 
two, three million. Remember, they had all those crazy numbers, like yeah. they said yeah, before. They that, yeah, they were like, yes, there are, what was it? There are 300 and something million people in America. We believe that 10% of them are wrestling fans. If we can just get, you know, 10% of 10%, that'll be 3 million. And that's how they came up with the number. And then, like, they topped out at, what, 1.6, 5? Yeah, 7, something like that. Yeah. And, it, like, yeah. they, it seems like they, it was, it was crazy the amount of stuff they put on network, like, as far as, like, the pay-per-views, takeovers, NXT, but... I don't know, man. I feel like they underachieved a lot with the network too. They could have done a lot, you know, more cooler things with the network. So, and, and I think what was really like, you know, crazy because I thought I would have a WWE network subscription for life. Like I canceled my WWE network like last September or mid, like just a lot of dissatisfaction with, with the uh, product. And, um, you know, hearing so many times, like, you know, you're still going to give them the money anyway. Eventually I'm just like, you know what? I'm not. Like, mm-hmm. how about that? Like, <laughs> so, right. and it seems like a lot of people, like, you know, went that way because they've dipped under uh, a million in the U.S. for the first time since, like, that first year they launched. Do you know what the it's, number is in thousands? I want to say it's 996. Oof. Okay. Um, domestic, and then, you know, 400,000 worldwide or something like that. But it is, uh, it's jarring. And then, like, you think about, you know, the way the network has been trending. Barrows and Wilson is out, who were in charge of, like, the network. Like, this was their thing. Right. And, you know, Vince, I think Vince, like, if you're talking about how can you make the most money for WWE, you're seeing what the UFC is getting from ESPN Plus. Like, you got to look at yourself like you're the, you know, you're the other side of the coin of UFC. So, you have what these people were looking for. Like, you know, yeah. the, the thing is, like, they've... You do better ratings than them. Yeah. and they, Like, and in the last, in the last like, year and a half, two years, yeah. And, like, what they've built, like, it's not dependent on whether the show is good or not. It's like they are a live property. So, mm-hmm. like, they're taking advantage of this fact more than anything else. And, you know, I'm not... I'm not shocked at all. Like when I heard like, this is what they can do. Oh, okay. So that's what UFC did. I I can see WWE doing something like that because we would all readily admit that there's a lot of money being left on the table. Like you saw AEW last year, just start doing $50 pay-per-views and people started buying them. It's like, well, what the fuck? Like, so, so what do you think WWE like would do if, you know, you would multiply how big it is. Like you would think it'd be like bigger, but, um, yeah, it, it, it's crazy for the network. I, I hope the network doesn't go away because, like, if there's a situation where it's like, all right, all their pay-per-views or whatever, like, and then they redo the structure, we don't know if the tier system is happening now. Uh, but I I do want the archive, but I, it's, I don't know, it's kind of that danger of, um, you know, like, we, we, we don't own, this is a reminder that we don't own any of this shit. It's like, right. we're just renting this shit. And that's, it just makes me like, wow, man, I still got my huge DVD collection uh, of wrestling DVDs that I own and won't go anywhere. But this stuff is temporary. Like, n- like none of this stuff, like, is guaranteed. And it's changing really fast all the time. So just get ready because, like, the landscape of wrestling is going to, like, just morph so much over the next, you know, two years let alone five years yeah um i don't really have much to add to that uh i think i think for me 
is I, I remember when the network came and we were kind of like excited, but also like, wait, so they're doing this to insulate themselves from, you know, bad creative. Yeah. And, and also the pressure to try to draw, you know, month to month. And, you know, once you see like, oh yeah, WrestleMania is like free. You're just like, well, never mind that shit. We want to see WrestleMania, right? Um, and then over the years, is you know, it's it's you know the month to month grind. Like they have no, you know, see, look what they do with us. Like they don't try to book cards in advance. You know, some of these pay per views lately have just been, yeah, you'll find almost on the card by Friday, two days before the fucking pay per view. And Never forget, like, Hell, in, Hell in a Cell had like two or three matches announced uh, by the right. time, and it, it was like a damn near a, a PWG mystery show. Like, <laughs> yeah, like Survivor Series, like the two, like you didn't know who were on the men's NXT teams or the women's NXT teams until literally the women's uh, team. You didn't find out until after Takeover, twenty four less than twenty four hours before the show, and then you didn't find out who the men were until like I think that Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and yeah. it's like why. Well, you know, like this is clearly a company that has their priorities completely flipped because of the TV money they're making compared in so much more than what they're doing a pay per view. And that's before you get to the part where it's like they don't even book shit in advance for their TV. You think they're gonna give a fuck about like the the shows that's gonna make them less money to do? They're just doing it just to placate um, or to, to get be able to justify the nine ninety nine they're gonna get from people. So yeah, I just um. Now that now that they're doing this is like this is this is going to go further or either either it's going to kind of flip that back into the right perspective to where like they're actually going to give a shit to try to book these pay per views or even or it goes a further thing because there's you know because there might be pressure from uh, their partners or it could turn into a situation where like they're making you know a hundred and fifty million dollars uh, on some TV deal they, they're they're made in the shade they don't give a shit even more so. Um, it just further it just furthers insulates them from you know I guess uh lack of red would be like uh I don't know economic justice or economic karma right it's <laughs> like you put out you're putting out a product that people don't like but but while you're doing that you're getting more money than you ever have before it's like okay I like, obviously I'm not a person that believes in karma but like I believe the fan base believes that like a lot of the fan base believes like if they continue to you know, book like this, more people, more people are going to leave in droves and their dissatisfaction will be the rule of, you know, them long term. And I, it looks, it looks to me and I keep looking over, looking over the horizon and the closer we get to the horizon, I keep saying, nah, it seems like they're idiot proof. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you want to continue with more ro- main roster talk? Let's blow through this shit. <laughs> okay, so, um, oh, I'm sorry, we're we're not done with um, we're not done with that. So another part about the the pay per view rights being uh, shopped, uh, we we we've now found out that like the mystery number for NXT for what they make a year, they're making thirty million dollars. So um, where did you see that? Because was it blended in with like the rest of the TV money? It was on it was on Observer, um, Observer Radio last night. Gotcha. And gotcha. yeah, Meltzer was like, it's 30. Uh, remember, like, originally he reported 30, so but he's he made it sound, but he, the way he said it, it was like, nah, like, we figured out where they put that money in. And once you like, because people originally thought, like, Brandon Thurston and Russell Nomics thought they were going to put the money in some 
someplace other than where they where they put the TV deal money. But they put mm-hmm. the TV deal money and they just use and then I guess from their Melser, you know, extra did some, you know, did some figuring and then came up with like, oh yeah, it's 30. Um, so that's not much of a story. It's like, I, I mean, the, the, I know it sounds funny, but did anybody really think that they like really legitimately believe that they were making zero dollars from, from <laughs> TNT to fill a time slide in prime time on a Wednesday or USA or mean? USA is what I meant. Yes. Like <sighs> the, the only thing that I can think is because like they're taking such a bath on the ratings compared to what they did on Tuesdays. That's the only like thing I could think of. I guess, but I would see it as like, all right, well, you didn't want to pay us for uh, SmackDown, um, but clearly, knowing knowing your situation, your little situation, and what we do for you, like you have to break us some bread. Like I know, I I just I just see it as like they're on prime time. If they're on prime time on a weekday, like they have to get paid. You you almost have to. Like hell, even AEW was getting paid. Now I mean, there's no disrespect, but I'm just saying like. If you were just to think like, all right, proven, proven product that has a fan base behind it or this startup, you know, you just think off the reputation alone that like people would just, that they would give them the money as opposed to TNT throwing uh, AEW money. And I mean, I, I mean, at this point, AEW is making more money than uh, NXT is. Um. But anyway, so another another thing to bring up or tooth is morally, uh, yeah, uh, the Saudi show, um, the one that had to hold up with the financial, uh, the last quarter, they got paid for that. But the show where they kind of had like the the standoff of the pissing match with the plane and the uh, from November, the Halloween yeah. show, they haven't gotten paid for the Halloween show yet. So uh, I guess they're just going to be running these things mo- like quarter to quarter behind. Behind. I, I, it's, that's really weird. Because I can tell you this right now. If you owe me uh, 40 to $60 million, I ain't getting, I'm not sending nobody into a motherfucking place. You pay me 40 to $60 million. I'm Bro. not going to do you another show. I'm not going to give you a uh, th- 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 credit line like that. That Think of the credit line. This is who they got in bed with. This is who they got in bed with, and they have to go because that money's already accounted for on their books. Yep. Like, and if we don't go, that money won't be there, and then the stock will, stock will tumble. Yeah, I can tell you this right now. We we're, we're going to see uh, this coming uh, for Blood Money Five. We're going to see who's going who's going who's over capping? there, who's not, because. We heard a lot of talk about people saying, you know, I'm not doing this again. It doesn't matter how much y'all paid me or, or the check going to have to be so big. You have to put a, you know, a check with a check with a check to get me to go. We're going to see. Yeah. All right. So on to the actual wrestling in uh, the main roster. This week, the things that pop up to my mind are uh, Aunt Angel Garza shows up on Raw. Um, he shows up as a heel after, you know, kind of having a baby faceish type of uh, turn uh, after winning the NXT uh, Cruiserweight title where he proposes to his girlfriend or whatever else. He shows up and kind of like takes the place of Andrade because and, Andrade's on, you know, PD suspension. And he ends up DDT. He gives a DDT to Ray on the floor, on the concrete. And he's now basically in direct opposition to his cousin Umberto. 
and he's acknowledging that he's in direct opposition to his to his cousin, and he mentioned it on NXT. So, uh, it, it is it is it just like we we'd have to have Ray like feud with every Mexican, every, every yeah. Mexican that's ever comes through or has to feud with Ray at some point. Ray ha- Ray is the only one that we trust to get over or be over. So we got to try to get if we want to get somebody over, we have to have Ray sprinkle the over dust on him. The the funny shit is you always hear the rule like, hey, you can't get over everybody at the same time. But like you got all these dudes linked with Rey Mysterio and this is like, have at it. Yeah. You know? Like I, I think what they're doing is like we gonna th- we gonna attach all three of them to Ray and hope we get one. I mean, I remember saying you know, because you know, this they've been they've been doing this ever since like at least since uh since Del Rio most famously in, in you know, the early two thousand elevens. Which, you know, yeah, they never got to that match, but yeah, they were building towards it definitely. But um, you know, they had Ray be a personal job for Del Rio, and they were trying to get him over. And like honestly, if they're gonna have a shot, if they're gonna have a, if they're gonna make make a real like attempt to actually ha- make another uh, Latin superstar, it's gonna it's probably gonna end up being Garza. Garza speaks the best in- English, like you know, I. I Knowing what we know about this company, and I'm, I would I would think that like just based off quote unquote look, I don't want to get into the code behind the look. Like you know what the code is. I think uh, I think Garz is gonna be it. Um, but if they don't make it work with him, then I don't know. We got to wait another five years for this. I don't know. Um, yeah. So then from there, Ruby Riot returns, and apparently she tax live. Thank God. Um, Thank God they ain't teaming up again, cause boy, boy. <laughs> well, you wasn't like you was gonna watch it anyway. Correct, correct. That's true. But you know, for all y'all that do want to watch, you know that poison. <laughs> you know, y'all that y'all poison. be seeing them. them it would only be so long before they, you know, have Sarah Logan, you know, get saved by them, and then all of a sudden it's endless six women's tags with the with the Riot Squad. Hey. I mean, anytime you can get back Woman Shield. I- <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> anytime you can do it, you got to. They got to catch up with these reunions, man. They already, what, what, four behind, three behind, yeah, five you know, behind? They, they, they got to, man, they, they was pulling them sure, sure reunions out like, like them, them just owed them money. Like, like I remember like, one time, like, signing like we the printed board. these shirts. <laughs> <laughs> they will sell. I remember at one point, Simon uh, last year was joking. He was like, Bro, isn't this like they seven three? You guys like, bro, stop! It's not been seven. <laughs> like, I, like, I look. I know there's been like two more than there should have been, but it has not been seven. Stop this! Stop. <laughs> okay. Uh, so from there, it's been announced. Uh, Good for Ruby Riot. She's back. Look, I'm glad she's back. Uh, I think that you know, given the what the the so little they've done with um women outside of like the top of the card. She's somebody that whenever they've given the ball to, like she has good matches when they let her when they ask her to have good matches, she can cut or say pretty much anything halfway convincingly in a way that a lot of the other uh female talents aren't really that good at. Like I don't know what it is, but like I think it's really not not them. I think it's really mostly the 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 terrible men writing this terrible shit for to have women to say because they don't understand how, how women like function and work and and are or that women are even actually people. Uh, that's probably what it is. Uh, but yeah, I think um, I think that they should try to position her as somebody that 
to be either a feud like immediately be leading into WrestleMania or after WrestleMania for Becky. Um, but we'll see. Um, yeah, so it's been announced. Some of these Blood Money matches have been announced. So uh, we're going to apparently be getting, uh, for Blood Money 5, a Lesnar versus Ricochet WWE title match. Um, based off the fact that Ricochet is scared of Lesnar, but can choke down his fear of Lesnar, and then they've both hit each other in each other's dicks. So that's the feud. I, I, I just want everybody that was out here on Twitter Tuesday morning, all the FDS people saying this is going to be great and we should be happy for this. I just want y'all, when this match happens, and it's a disaster because it's in Saudi Arabia, and Ricochet loses in under five minutes to come let me know how y'all like it then. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I have no interest in this match. I have no interest in what they're doing with Ricochet. I have no interest what in... What are they doing with Ricochet besides this? Like, what were they doing with Ricochet before... He's, before he, hold on, hold on. He's before, just a... Before the go-home show to Royal Rumble, what was he doing? Being scared like a bitch uh, with Brock to set up his elimination with Drew McIntyre. Well, that was it, it's going to be I hilarious. Mean, I mean, that was the go home show. But what was what was he doing before that go? No idea. Show? Yeah, same here. I, no I, idea. I so like, and I hope everyone's prepared for when these WrestleMania packages start getting put together. I hope y'all prepare for that man to be airbrushed out during the Royal Rumble. It was strictly Drew McIntyre alone oh, that yeah, threw yeah. Brock Lesnar out, and yeah. yeah, this is this is a setup. Uh, you know, this isn't a title shot that actually means anything. Like it's in Saudi Arabia. Like fuck out of here. Like I'm. <laughs> I have a morbid curiosity because, like, we know that in any other promotion in the world, if those two were to wrestle together, like they'd have an incredible match. But, um, so and also they got two strikes against them on this. Yeah, you got Saudi, Saudi Arabia is, is is like two strikes in itself. So, <laughs> like. What is the best match? Is is I'm guessing probably Ma- is Mansoor versus Cesaro the Cesaro. best? Like, is that the best Saudi I Arabia think, show we've gotten? I, that's the only one that I've ever seen. Like got good reviews. Mm. Mm. You know who can forget the uh, the excellence of Jeff Hardy versus Jinder Mahal? You know, like and Jinder Mahal was yes when Jinder Mahal was selling moves that didn't actually happen in the match. Wow. So it was it was you know who who can forget John Cena versus Triple H. You know, oh, in the first wow. one, and, they did an Orton Triple H match, didn't they? They did last year, I believe, wow. after WrestleMania. Wow. Yeah. Then you had those you have two Goldberg star matches versus Undertaker. You had yes. the best in the world tournament. Where, like the only match that was worth half a damn was like Ray versus Miz. Um, These uh, the fucking DX Brothers of Destruction match, oof. just yeah. worst match of the year level match. Yeah, like. That match was a disaster. Like in, jeez, was the cage match with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar oh, one star match? Oh my god! Oh AJ my god. Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura doing double countouts like it's a house show in the eighties. Um, yeah, bro. Crown Prolific- Jewel, prolifically Super- bad. Look, Crown Jewel, Greatest Royal Rumble. Oh my god! You Super forgot, Showdown. You forgot. You forgot the Corbin interference in that Lesnar Strowman match. Oh my god. 
Yeah. Just and then just Barry. Is everybody you know? Can can we say like like let or Strowman got murdered by that yet? Or, or are we still waiting <laughs> to have some patience and to let it play out? We still waiting for that, James? Nah, nah. If we still waiting for that. Then like I'm still waiting for him to get, to get his uh, revenge on Vince McMahon for taking his Royal Rumble title shot away because he gave him backlit by saying you're a rich motherfucker. You can buy another uh, limo door. Yeah. After, He's the Intercontinental after, Champion now, after though. After for weeks, after for weeks, he had a deal with Stephanie saying that, like, if you don't give me everything I want and I don't earn it along the way, and, and if I earn it along the way, but if you if I earn it all along the way and you screw me out of this, I'm going to tear the the show, I'm going to flip the show over and tear it up all, all week and destroy the show, weeks on end. And then Vince just comes around literally four weeks after the McMahons came out and said, we're done fucking with people. And so, took his fucking match away. So to bait and switch y'all to go to uh, the buy your travel packages to the baseball stadium in Arizona to watch WrestleMania uh, Royal Rumble. Instead, y'all got the Finn Balor match that went like seven minutes. Boy, boy. And I, I said y'all like I'm not one of one of them. Like we got that, but yeah. Uh, oh boy. Okay, so next on the list, Bray Wyatt. Possibly the Fiend versus Bill Goldberg for the WWE Universal Title, and at Blood Money Five. Well, Goldberg finally getting his uh, Universal Title rematch. <laughs> Fuck you! You're an asshole for saying that. <laughs> so automatic, you know, title rematches are a thing of the past. They're antiquated. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, Shane. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh so they're gonna have him fight the fucking the fiend Bray Wyatt Goldberg, a man who took himself so seriously at one point that he would not even get in the ring with Chris Jericho. He <laughs> in WCW. Now he's gonna be out there with this cartoon ghoul motherfucker that has awful matches and doesn't sell. So this can only be a car crash. Like, this can only be Botchamania, Negative Star, uh, just complete wrestle crap. Just, just, oh my God. I hope, I hope Goldberg beats him in 30 seconds. I, I really do. <laughs> because I want all those people that have those fiend avatars on Twitter to like have a complete meltdown and just like, you know, realize what the fuck just happened to them. Like, oh, y'all thought y'all was going to WrestleMania, huh? No. You about to drop that shit off to Goldberg so he can drop that shit off to Roman Reigns. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Who you rather see in a WrestleMania match? I know. Goldberg. Look, seriously. Bray Wyatt in, uh, in Roman Reigns or Roman Reigns and Goldberg in a spear versus spear match. I'd much rather see Goldberg versus Reigns. Much rather see it because that match only gonna go for like five minutes, but it'll be a uh, action packed five minutes. I don't know what the fuck they're gonna do to Roman Reigns. <laughs> Look, think about all the things they've done to Roman Reigns over the last like three Bro, years, right? They, I they don't gonna, know what Bray Wyatt's gonna do to him. They gonna like it's it's almost a note. They can't ever find somebody for this man to beat because it's like Goldberg's a legend. People <laughs> love him. Oh, nigga, you be Goldberg? Fuck that shit! Like I can hear it now. Oh um, my god! They can't never find. Look, they never did Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. Right. This whole time, 
Not saying that people would be cool with that happening because then Roman Reigns had to win, but that would be his best match. And then, you know, you, you got a whole story you can, you know, lean on, but they don't, they don't ever want to do that uh, for whatever reason. But um, yeah, I, yeah, Goldberg versus The Fiend. Potential for just an all time car crash in the worst possible way. Any chance, like you know, Vince has some of this in him where he like he'll put out some stuff that's so bad that like it's train wreck television or or, or car wreck television where it's like it's so bad that we think people won't turn away or people will tune in to see how bad it is, like the wedding thing on Christmas. Do you think that like he threw that out there? It's like, look, I already paid Goldberg his money to stay away from me to stay away from TNT wrestling ever again. Uh Let's put him out here and do this, and like shit's gonna suck, and I'm gonna laugh at like the response. He doesn't care, and then also it's in Saudi Arabia, so he could just take the belt off Bray Wyatt and not have to worry about nobody f- flipping out in the arena. <laughs> uh, oh, so you really think they're actually gonna flip it to Goldberg? I don't see why not. I don't see why not either. But my, I think they're gonna just keep it on Bray and like. Mm. Just completely luck with that. looking completely give Roman Reigns no shot <laughs> at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, you're our you top know, star. We're gonna these. fuck you every year. <laughs> uh, okay, so they don't want Roman Reigns to have good matches at WrestleMania ever. <laughs> they, they don't want Roman Reigns to have good paper ma- pay per view matches ever because uh, also going on at Blood Money Five. Baron Corbin versus Roman Reigns in a Steel's Cage match, brother. The Nightmare Collective has ended before Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin. Oh, my God. Brandy literally burnt her Nightmare Collective gear and whatever hat she was wearing on Twitter tonight. Oh, my God. You're right. You're right. Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin is the feud that will not end. And then remember, they were fighting each other before WrestleMania in that six-man match that they did with the Shield and you know the, oh, the, uh, the six reunion that they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like, why? Like, why are they discerned? Like, we can't sniff a Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan match, but we got to have twelve Corbin Reigns matches. Nothing is settled, apparently. I, I don't get it. Apparently they made not. the man eat dog food, and you would think that's it. No. Just more. I'm good, man. There's a reason I, I don't watch this company. Unbelievable. Poor Roman Reigns. Yeah. Like, they say, yeah, go to Saudi Arabia and have another cage match. Never yeah. mind the first. Never mind the first one you had that was a disaster with the much better fucking wrestler. Go out there again with a far uh, inferior wrestler and try it again. So bad, Woo! so bad what they've done to Roman Reigns this entire year, and then they're gonna roll him out to WrestleMania and wonder why he's not over. <sighs> Those beat breaks. This was a choice. It absolutely was. Like, you can have someone go out there and have killer feuds and killer matches with people. Nah. Good wrestling, enter- entertaining uh, television, that's not what people want. We're going to have them fight these monsters and give you know, them Ricky. Give them all the mid. They'll love it. Okay. Um, last, bit of, last bit of news for the main roster. 
on SmackDown, there was a n- number one contendership match between four baby faces for uh, the SmackDown Women's title. Um, it was Naomi, Carmella, Alexa Bliss, and Dana Brooke. Um, and fresh off of her return to the main roster after being put on husband punishment. I don't know, like, whatever. Uh, and, you know, going viral on the internet and getting some buzz for yourself is a thing. They real life viral, not, not wrestling Twitter viral, like right. real life viral. Right. Like, right. Like after all the stuff they talk about, about people, you know, um, you know, doing stuff to break from the mold and to grab the brass ring and to stand out and to be legendary as a buzz is one of the mottos from one of the video games previous years. Um, Naomi fresh, fresh from, you know, being off TV, not being overexposed. Uh, she comes in and she does the J O B for Carmilla who in November, I saw get thrown basically into the trash by uh, Bianca Belair in a meme that will live on in perpetuity beyond our life spans. All of us that Correct. that will live forever. Um, so send it out for Black History Month. Yes. So she uh, she lost to her. Fucking why? So it was a fatal four way. I'm, I'm gathering. Dana Brooke in. and Alexa Bliss were also in this match. Correct. And keep in mind, Naomi has Twitter on fire. Some reason she had to do a job. Um, does it matter? Not really. But the you you know how you make sure it doesn't matter? Doing shit like this. Like, why couldn't Dana Brooke have gotten pinned here? Exactly. If you, and, Dana and Brooke's then, in like, fucking match two get pinned. Yeah, she's I, Dana Brooke. Like you know, how then, we always, you know, how I always talk about how, like, people have also married themselves to um, a Naomi WrestleMania chase too off of this. I don't, I don't know what happens with these people when they see these things. It, to like, the, the alarm never goes off that it's not happening. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> my thing is like, let's say it was happening. Why the fuck would you do this? Throw but, them off the scent. Yeah. Uh, oh, that works so well for them when they throw you off the scent. Um, yeah, but, like, one of the things we talk about during, like, uh, since, you know, the Wednesday Night War is how much I enjoy pinniers getting pinned. Like, I love nothing more than watching Joey Janela get put on his back for three. I love nothing more than watching, uh, in tag matches, watching uh, Chucky T get fucking pinned instead of uh, Beretta. Because it makes sense. Like, Pen eaters aren't a place to eat pins. Dana Brooks a pen eater. How much history? She's been on the main roster since 2000, what, 15, 16? 15, yeah. right? Late 15? 16. Early 16? Yep. Yeah. She's been around since early. No, 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 no. When is she, uh, was she around before WrestleMania 32? Yeah, no, after. Okay, all right, either way. She's been around for over four years. Ain't shown us a thing. Like she we people talk about how backstage she is one of the hardest workers. She is constantly working on her craft. She's constantly always flying back to full or to the PC to try to get better and try to get better. Look, man. People think that um 
like wrestling is something that like everybody's going to take to if they try hard enough. Sometimes I I believe that like you know practice makes perfect, but like there's also a limit to how good you're going to be. We've seen this. We've seen her do all these you know these bleeding heart promos talking about how much how hard she tries and works, and there was some minimal effect to that. But they killed that dead a year ago. Yeah, they would have her come out there and just get like squished by Rousey, right? Yeah. So it's like, look, man, this is she the woman Mojo Raleigh? Possibly, yeah. Possibly. I mean, they haven't done to, they haven't done to her what they've done to him, where he's in the dark room. Oh my god! Or he's in the dark room and he's out there painting on his face, looking like Mister Glass. Um, they haven't had him out here, you know, come out during a dark segment to cut a promo while he's out here looking like he's trying to rob cryptocurrency in the year 2051 looking looking like I think of last year on the joke I said like Spider-Man 2099 has got to stop this nigga they haven't done that to to Dana yet but um but yeah there I see the parallels that you you bring up yeah yeah um I just I just don't understand the need to beat her when she's fresh like she's fresh you have a second chance with her or another chance with her and you just immediately it goes to nah two jobs it's like so lazy so yeah. lazy such so lacking in forethought knowing that like there's not a soul worth a damn on that smackdown side aside from like sasha bailey or, or, or worth a damn's in over those like the only two on that on that roster you're gonna need a nail me like and think of the times when we were talking about last year on SmackDown when they were still on USA when we talked about like, bro, they were able to make SmackDown work off the strength of mostly just Charlotte and Becky's hate for each other. And then occasionally you have Oscar come in and then you have um, Naomi as the fourth person that they never used, even though she was clearly the fourth person or they, they almost never used her except for like to get Oscar uh, a title shot. So they already know what they have in her by the fact that they did this, you know, last year or the end of last year or the end of uh, 2018. And then, you know, she's back in like the SmackDown women's division is even worse now. Like pull the fucking trigger already, man. Yeah. Um, am I shocked? No, this is the story of Naomi's career. Like, yeah. yeah so, yeah. Like she's a PC er, she's an NXT er, like she's she's in, she's WWE through and through. Never got a shot, never. Even when they made her champion, never got a shot. Never let her feud like never let her feud with a single horsewoman. Not never had a pay per view match with a singles match with a horsewoman ever. Like just just ridiculous, just ridiculous. Anyway, um, enough of that shit. Let's talk about the Wednesday Night Awards. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah, that's, I guess that's me trying to be uh, fun. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> let's start with AEW. Uh, and by AEW, I mean the week of the whooping. The whooping. Um, Rich, yes, sir. Uh, thoughts on the whooping, <sighs> the, the ass beatery? Oh, man. It's, this. I loved it. I I thought it was compelling. It was dramatic. It was like vi- it caused a visceral reaction. 
in you that was just like, oh my God. So the whole day I had kind of built it up to myself. Like I was just like doing the jokey jokes. I was sending out the the DJ hustle and flow, whoop that trick, gif a bunch. Um, I was, I was doing all this funny shit, you know, whatever. But like this segment was like the opposite of like funny shit or like irony or anything like that. Like, by the time he took that third one, I was like locked in, like living and dying. I don't even like this dude like that. Like I, he's fine. Like, but I watched it. And after that third one, it was like, you're rooting for Cody to just make it through and do whatever you got to do to take these lashes. So you can get your hands on this fucker. Like, and I think it was great for MJF because with MJF, you know, he has a little bit of the 80s irony stuff that everyone kind of like cheat, like silently kind of laughs at. And, you know, oh, OK, it's it's kind of cute and ironic how he acts. No, he showed he is a worthless son of a bitch with no redeeming qualities. He's, he's just like the scum of the earth. Like he's he's terrible. He's a terrible human being like that. That's what he showed uh, on this show. And it was like and he's evil and he's and he's rough. Like, and he's tough, like, you know, uh, and I think he needed that, especially like, you know, fresh off getting thrown in the pool and everything like that. But uh, I was listening to All Things Elite, and it was funny because I watched it with Catherine after. She she told me it was, like, tough to watch or whatever, you know, just because, like, it's a, it's a, it's a whooping, essentially. And, but it was, like, a beautiful segment or whatever. It was, like, a beautifully violent kind of like just you know you see everyone coming out to encourage them and you know i just fell all the way into it i loved it i thought i think it's like one of the defining uh moments of aw so far <clears throat> okay um first out shouts out to cody because cody's out here literally putting his body on the line to um try to get this guy over um for me, this is a few that like I'm just not attached to because one, I don't think most of the heavy lifting that should have been done to make this stuff feel earned is actually earned. Um, you look at the TV; they did the split way too fucking soon. Um, if you want to talk talk me about road twos and all this other shit, I'm going to tell you to watch the TV or think of it from outside the perspective of you that watches way too much fucking wrestling and that's come from me who watches way too much fucking wrestling um so uh, there's that there's also the part where like uh, they've done a bunch of promos and a lot of time with mjf um and what they have not done with him uh, like they've done a good job explaining that he's a dick they've done a good job of that of doing that perfect 10 out of 10 on like getting over that he's a dick what they have yet to explain is is there any reason whatsoever why he screwed over Cody in this way other than just to do it? Like, and I don't mean the, oh, well, you know, he's not really the guy that you think he is, guys, or, or he's a liar. Like, okay, can you give me, you know, one thing that showed, like, I think that, I think, I think about the Jericho stuff a lot. I think about um, AEW stuff, and I think a lot about how, when he was doing the hypocrite thing with Sean in 08, 09, or whatever, I think it was 08, and the fact that he had a, just this much truth to get over, the fact that, like, this dude faked in the injury to lay out Batista, and if I had done that, y'all would have fucking been pissed with me, and 
like I I wouldn't have gotten that pass, so I'm going to take it out on this dude. The fact that like he had that little shred of truth as a bad guy to piss you off will make you hate him even more. They've done nothing um, of that sort with MJF, and um, I'm going to get to the, my thoughts on the whooping first. But I just like I feel the reason why I'm so detached from the emotion of this whole thing is, or one one of the reasons is, I just don't buy MJF or the reason why you know. MJF hates this dude so much. Um, so there, there's that. Um, and I also don't buy why Cody would be so hurt that a dude that, you know, whatever. Uh, but, you know, him... I think that... Uh, getting... I'm going to skip a, a, a past that part. Getting to the, the, the TV side of it. I think there are things that were, that were done on that show... Um, on that segment that pulled me out of it. Um, I think the fact that he took an ass whooping, um, even though I just saw Daniel Bryan get lashed like that a month ago, um, in a match, I, uh, I thought that him taking a whooping, like you see them, him mark up or whatever else. I think like he sold very well. Um, I think that the Brandy thing like that just was like, what? Um, I feel like I get why they did it, but it's one of those things where like you do something and then like, you don't, you just think about like the immediate, Oh, and that happens a lot of Cody matches where like something will happen in Cody's match and it'll pop the crowd. But so, I mean, it works. So I'm not knocking it. It worked for most people. So, but for me personally, it's just like, okay. Um, once I, once you get past the, like, if you don't get popped by the thing that he did, the smoke and mirrors thing he did, I look at what he did, and I'm thinking, like, wait, so he broke the throne, and he's going to go wrestle his brother by wearing a Cody's, or a Dusty's favorite, and then, like, heal out on his on his brother. Okay. Um, like, why would you do the Thornbreaker thing when you're about to go play a heel? Whatever. Or this thing with, with Brandy was, like, Brandy was just a witch, like, fucking with the entire women's division. For months on end. And then she just comes out of nowhere and like none of that's explained. She's just all of a sudden brandy again after being a witch. Okay. Alright. So when I watched it the second time, I watched it twice. That was actually the part that like kind of stood out to me. It was like the best part, kind of, because it's like this man getting whooped and he needed that strength from her. And you know, I don't know. I I didn't really get caught up in that whole thing because you know I've been watching the Nightmare Collective basically end. So, <laughs> um, but, but that's the thing we talk about, Rich. When I talk about the when you say, well, they explain it somewhere off TV. It's like, okay, all right, Rich. If I were to tell you that I was moving to Africa tomorrow, right? You'd be like, wait, why? What's what's going on? And I'd be like, well, it happened. I, I was planning this out for months. I just never told you because it was happening dot, dot, dot somewhere else off screen. Is that on me? Is that on, is am I, am I the person? I'm sorry. Is that on you? Or is that on me for not telling you? All you got to do is like, when we talk about, uh, when they do stuff on dynamite or whatever, or not dynamite, but on dark, it's like, if there's something that's important, that ties into the story that needs to be told, don't leave, put it somewhere on the supplemental thing, bring up the supplement. Like you can do that, but bring up the supplemental thing on your TV so we have an idea and context that fills in whatever story you're really trying to tell. They didn't do that. She just came out. 
I think it works either way because either a you're looking at you know what she used to be a ho- like hold on like she done broke character for this shit so like for me it works either way. I okay I took it as what the fuck she was a witch so when it when did this change happen and how come it was never explained like I, I'm saying like the you just, just you can just change someone gimmick in in the middle of out of nowhere just to get this over and I'm like okay well you didn't even tie up this loose end yet. It, 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 look, if, if they got to tie up a loose end to end the nightmare collective, I'm fine with it. Or leave a loose end, I'm fine with it because like. But they didn't have well, to do that. I mean, to get over the the last one and getting the strength to take the last one and get up. No, I don't no, think. No, 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 Rich. I'm not saying that what they did with the brandy was wrong. I'm saying that the fact that they didn't tie up that loose end and have her come back as a normal fucking person before, like a week before. And and then have her come out there, then it'll been like okay, like I think you kind of just kind of you know did it randomly because you knew this Cody thing needed this or whatever else. But at least you can point to say like there was effort here that was done towards this. And I'm not saying there was no no effort there by doing it off screen somewhere on Dynamite or BT or whatever else. But you didn't give us none of that on Dynamite. And it, and it would have took 15, 30 seconds. Like, when you see me complain about the stuff they do that, like, they should point to as far as context for you, like, we're talking about stealing 30 seconds here and there. Just don't, just don't do the fourth fucking dive. <laughs> That's all I'm asking. Don't do the fourth dive. Just show me something. Just show me where you're headed or add to where you're headed so that, like, I can feel more fulfilled and this feels like a more fleshed out story that makes more that's more cohesive and like i'm not saying that like, this is some gigantic uh 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 plot hole but it does make me feel like wait what okay never mind like i guess i need to just move on it's like it's almost like um what movie was it um what movie was it oh uh in game it's like okay so you look at a track of um, Captain America's life through these movies, right? Like he kisses his, his love his life's great niece in one of these movies. He basically doesn't tell Iron Man that he knows who killed his parents and he's known for years. And then at the very end when when like all hope is lost, this man like summons the the god of thunder's you know hammer weapon because he now after like five years has become more worthy it's like wait what like like for me like like i'm not saying that ruins the stuff for me i just say it pulls me out of it and it makes me think like man uh okay all right but whatever like cody ward asked one for it i wish that um I wish that Warlow had got like maybe one or two more lashes to kind of get him over more uh, of him being uh, a person that you want to see Cody eventually get, whoop his ass in two weeks. But I guess one's good enough. Um, yeah, uh, I thought that the, the segment went like five minutes too long. Uh, it just like I, I get what you're doing, but like, do we need like? At some point, I was like, "All right, so when is like DDP coming out?" DDP never came out, but like it was like all these people are coming out. Like, when is his mom coming out? When is 
I guess I guess I guess uh uh Brandy filled the filled the mom void or whatever else, but it's like like when is when is his when is his high school wrestling coach gonna come out and say, I'll take the lashes too? Like it's like, come on, man. <laughs> well, his, his pro coach came out so Oh Arn. Yeah. That, that <laughs> hey, was covered too. Hey, we haven't talked about it because that was last week, but like when when Arn came out with the offensive spreadsheet, like like office coordinator was about to call plays, it was laminated and it had like, hey man, don't goofy. Listen, oh I loved it. I loved it for this. I loved it for this reason. This reason only, right? For years, you will have people that are wrestling fans that are FDSers or whatever else, and they talk about how people um, don't really watch wrestling. They they call it video game wrestling, whatever else, and they and they hate people that refer to people's wrestling as a move set. Mm-hmm. What the fuck you think was on that spreadsheet? Moves, nigga, moves. <laughs> so don't look and don't tell me that Cody is is a spot monkey. Cody is is the most op- opposite of a spot monkey you'll ever find outside of like fucking Kazuchika Okada. So <laughs> if he has a move set, so does Roman Reigns. So does everybody else you like that sometimes does not have great matches because they get shitty layouts and told not to go ru- not wrestle uh, uh, in a smart, entertaining way, compelling way most of the time. So I don't want to hear it. Yeah, I I thought this segment was was magic, and it was like, it was emotionally gripping in a way that a lot of things in wrestling just aren't. And it was like, this is this is a, a thing that they can build off of. Like, there's, you know, like you're not gonna be able to do this too many other times, but you can always reference it. You can always talk about the ten lashes. You can always, yeah. you know, have that as, as something evil that MJF has in him. Like, remember when he did that to Cody, mm-hmm. or you remember when Cody took them ten lashes? Like, and you know, the fact, like, I, I noticed one little thing: Kenny Omega did not come out during that thing. Right. Neither did maybe him. that's something later on they point to. Never know. Um. But yeah, I, I I loved it, and it was like you oh, know. Oh, you mean when like Cody comes out is is him being like the higher the the exalted one, <laughs> or what him or him or can he come out as the exalted one? Oh, not the exalted one. <laughs> huh? No, not happening. Not Look, happening. One of them. One of them. Uh, think about it. Like it was supposed to be scroll. It's not gonna scroll. If it's Daniels, that's gonna be seem like it's gonna be real small potatoes. Um, you, you just think about it, it's like all right. How can the aces and eight this shit where they whoop one of these elite dudes and been like it was me all along? I did this to throw y'all off the sit back in December. I can see it. I can see it. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, anyway. I, I loved it. I I thought you know it, it made me want to see it, and I you know Cody and MJF don't necessarily come with the reputations of. Mm. Uh, I, I'm just wondering what you type really of match they match. Yeah, I'm, but I'm trying to figure out what kind of match should they do because you know they're not going to do a work rate match, so they have to do like a Wait, blood like what kind of match, match, right? No, no, no. Like just like what kind of style like oh, are they going to fight in? Like, gotcha. like they have to have like a like a blood like a fist fight, right? Like, <laughs> like, like because by by that time, like Cody can't touch him, so he's going to try to put hands all over him. I would think. Yeah. Um. We'll see what happens. Uh, like I, I think we'll probably get get more informed on that sort of thing. Maybe by you know, once Cody like fucks up Wardlow in a way that where he can't be a ringside, and then it's like you're really st- like I feel like there's gonna be one of the things like he's gonna whoop 
Warlow so bad, like, Warlow won't be around, or Warlow won't be there at first, like, maybe he'll come out at the end of the match or whatever else and interfere, because it's a Cody match, so of course it's going to be smoking mirrors at the end, but, um, I think they're going to come up with something to get Warlow off the table, at least, like, or at least thinking he's going to be off the table going into pay-per-view, um, mm. that's what I would do anyway, because, you know, you did this whooping thing, you saw, you, you did all this stuff, like, you need to get it to a point where, like, people are like, oh, it's going to be you and him one-on-one isolation. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I'm still at a point where it's like, maybe that's the reason why I'm not that jazzed. It was like, at the end of the day, it's still going to be Cody having to work MJF. And like, if this was anybody but MJF, I'd be like, yeah, definitely. But it's like, it's going to be MJF and, ugh. uh, okay. So from there, Moxley versus Ortiz. Um, I thought they had a pretty good match. Uh, and then by the end, Moxley, you had a bunch of interference from Santana. Uh, Santana botched some of the interference. He's supposed to grab his leg, and uh, Moxley still sold it if he got his leg snatched. Um, by the end of it, interference comes in, and Moxley grabs out the the keys to the GT. And he ends up stabbing Ortiz, or, uh, Santana in the eye. So now, you know, uh, there's also a one-eyed guy. In, one eye really <laughs> yeah there's also one eye guy in um inner circle and yeah, then they set uh, up you know they did that to set up you know that killer promo from santana and you're going to get santana versus um moxley next week in a yeah in a two-eye match yeah you know eye to eye you know um <laughs> <laughs> yeah i thought ortiz was awesome in this match uh you know it's like man Awesome singles wrestler and uh, Santana. I think I like Santana more as a wrestler. So same here. Um, next week, you know, this is a classic. A go through the whole entire stable right. before you get to the to the guy at the end. This is almost like a karate movie, right? So, like he's uh, been he's been uh, he beat Sammy already. He beat Sammy already, like a couple weeks ago, uh, three maybe three weeks ago. Just beat um Ortiz on the way to Santana like obviously he's never going to get to uh to Swagger cuz Swagger or sorry uh Hager cuz Hager don't wrestle <laughs> right he don't he don't he don't do wrestling matches he don't, he don't exchange holes right he he's only here for interference and for brawling to the back that's it <laughs> um hey, so- <laughs> hey they might have figured it out yes. i ain't never seen i ain't never seen Jake Hager use this good <laughs> Also, that man's on that Lesnar. He's like, how can I do, how can I get paid as much as possible for doing as little as possible? That man is on that Orton Lesnar role. Good for him. True working. How, how True old is working. Swagger? Swagger? I what, think he's like 37, 38. That man even is 40 yet, and he's already figured out the game. True working. Who's really winning? Uh, so, uh, you got that. Um, then you have, uh, what was it? It was... Who are the heels? It was Lucha Bros and Lucha Bros Butcher and the Blade. That's against right. the Bucks and, and uh, Kenny and, and Hangman. And right, right, right. Awesome match. Awesome yeah. match. Just really, a really million good. miles an hour. RLPW <laughs> and Hangman over as fuck. Um, was MJ Evan commentary? Yes. Or was that last week? Uh, that was last week. That was last week when okay. he was saying, "Who trained the young bucks?" Nobody. Right, they're backyarders. That's right. That was yeah. fucking hilarious. Yeah, MJF was great on commentary. Like he he got over to Butcher and Blade more than anybody else has on AEW television since they've been on uh, AEW television by saying like, 
trained by Barnett, trained, I can't remember who else he got trained Wes by. Wes Thatcher. Yes, Thatcher. And he was like, oh, that's why we should care about these guys. They're like, they were trained by ass kickers. Yeah. They, like, they just had to show up and get masks and, and chop meat and we were supposed to give a fuck. Okay. Oh, uh, I, I like seeing uh, Kenny in there with the butcher. I thought they had some good chemistry. So, um, wouldn't mind seeing a tag match with uh, Butcher and the Blade and uh, Kenny and Hangman at some point. But um, I yeah, thought I mean, Phoenix- he, their match with uh, with Darby and Cody was good too. Yeah, a few weeks back, uh, it was like maybe I'm, the first second week of January. Yeah. Then um, Phoenix, of course, uh, was just oh my god, a ball of electricity in this match all over, and uh, yeah, like. Uh, but I, I think like the real story here is like you know the hangman doesn't want to tag uh, the Bucks. He'll even only tag hurt. Kenny, even while hurt. Uh, there was some miscommunications going on with them. It seems like they're trying to like I won't say redo the Golden Lovers or Young Bucks storyline, but it's like a remix kind of of it. Mm. So, but and you know the Bucks of course are like kind of whiny, and Hangman's just getting more over and more over. So like. Uh, they just came out with a handman hold my beer shirt. They're about to sell a bunch of those. <laughs> do you think the young bucks are actually or whiny, or do you think that like why is this dude being this mopey asshole? For what did we do? Um, I, I'm still trying to figure it out. Like, like, like putting only, everything together. Like, the only it's explanation just like, is he's jealous of them. It's it's like I think the deal is like he failed in the beginning. But he got a little. He he actually won the belts, even like when he tried to break away from those guys. Right, right. And he's still and with and Kenny, he's still looking like he's not the star. That's why they did the interview thing with uh, Shivani was like, "Hey, Kenny, 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 Kenny," as opposed yeah. to guy that won the, the title almost titles almost. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Like it's always about Kenny. It's always about the Bucks, and then Kenny's trying to play the peacemaker between them all and hold right. it together. But eventually, he's gonna have to pick a side. Mm-hmm. You're gonna pick the guy you got the belts with, or you're gonna pick like the Bucks. And or but, I mean, and there's also the added part of him being like having to deal with that, and also having to deal with Pack, and yeah. like that's gonna like take some of his attention away, which will then only make Hangman resent him more. Correct. Yeah. So like, there's a lot like this. Like, there's so many levels to this, and it's like, you could talk about it all day, like, um, what's going to happen, but I, I believe the Bucks are going to win that Battle Royal, and then, you know, those two are, like, they're going to do a tag match, I, and I, it's going to be, they're not going to turn anyone, like, everyone's just going to continue to play these, like, roles that they're doing right now, mm-hmm. so, I'm into it, <laughs> so, um, what else do we got for, yeah. from AW? Um, oh, well, it's taken off from the you know, attention diverted from uh, tension diverted and split between uh, Kenny Omega. Uh, you have Pac who came out and you know threatened violence upon Riho, who just sat there like a fucking prop and didn't move <laughs> or run or had no agency, like a goddamn dummy and a damn damsel in distress. A fucking world champion can't can't decide to get out of fucking harm's way. She, why? Because uh, you know apparently, like you know, people that don't speak our language they understand the fucking threat of danger, right? Yeah, you know, better better, better learn what the fuck going on. Keep in mind, this is the second time they've had uh, Kenny basically caught and saved the fucking world champ uh woman's world champion remember when nyla uh 
after she beat Nyla, and then Nyla laid her out and was about to powerbomb her through her table or something, and Kenny had to run out to stop her after Rhea just beat yeah. her. One, two, three, in the middle of yeah. the fucking ring. I'm so sick and tired of, of Rhea getting her ass whooped by Nyla after all she does is fucking beat her in matches. It makes no goddamn sense. I'm 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 going to calm down. I'm going to calm down. So, um She put it, it through a table on the first two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so It's her gimmick. She puts people through tables. Yeah. Or she bounces them off the table because sometimes Riho doesn't break the table. Right, because she's only like probably eighty pounds. Uh then there's also he I remember then she, you know, off off air, you know. This don't just I shouldn't bring this up, but off air on, on the Twitter from what I saw. Then she, uh, while she was waiting for Uber, didn't she lay out Jungle Boy? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Dropped him through the table. Yeah. Uh, so. Shanna, the ref. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, a lot of people. She had a yeah. table match with Shanna on Dark, and it was like kind of creative how they did it. Okay, okay. <laughs> Leave that shit on Dark. I don't want to see no table matches. Like, look, they might look. You might be able to have five star table matches. I don't want to see it after seeing WWE table matches. I don't care. I don't want to see them. Uh, so. Yeah, so, so you have that part where I thought that was really um, that that leads to a potential um, mixed tag match between uh, those four. Uh, that also mm-hmm. leads to adding to what we're going to have in three weeks in this Iron uh, Man match for thirty minutes between Looking um, Kenny and uh, Pac, which will probably be the best match they have in AEW television in two thousand twenty. Um, I. I desperately want someone to tell me before, like, one week out, two weeks out, I don't care. What I need to know, I need to be told, this will be the opener. Yeah, I don't I don't think they're going to announce that. I want to know that it's the opener so that I know that there will be no fucking commercials. I don't want commercials in the middle of my 30-minute uh, Ironman match. I don't care if it's a break between the falls... I don't care. I don't want to cut away from that. Don't cut away. Don't yeah. cut away from that. I, I want to stay there for thirty minutes, please. I beg of you. No, no, they could, they could, like, you know, they're like, we, we have taken our last commercial, you know, and you know, do whatever. So, I'm not sure how, how to do it. Yeah, because you know, not sure. I'm, I'm very excited about it though. So, <laughs> Kane's been on fire as a tag wrestler all year, and he's been having his working boots on, and, um, you know. Pac's been calling him out for weeks and weeks and weeks, and um, I haven't wanted to watch. Well, yeah. Well, this is what I'll say from a work rate perspective and a work rate perspective alone. I have not wanted to watch an AEW match as much as this Iron Man match since Moxley Omega. Before it turned into that, <laughs> uh, like just the just the idea. Of, like first off, we already seen them have two great matches, but like now they're thirty minutes, and like they're gonna get beat multiple times. Like it's just. I just hope they don't do anything goofy. Like as far as like get DQ, try to get DQ. Oh, well, God. they don't do yeah, DQ yeah, in yeah. the promo. Uh, I see what you're doing. So. You're gonna make you're making a Johnny Gargano joke. I get you. I get you. No, I was making a Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler joke. <laughs> oh, God. You know, I still never saw that match. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So John, John never had an Iron Man match, but that, yeah, that was the two out of three fault. That was even goofier because you have less room to play with there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I hope they don't do anything goofy. I hope either they do, like, 
you know, one fall, two falls, maybe maybe like a two to one or something like that. Yeah, I think you know. Well, mm, if they go for a two-two tie, they could. That would mean like then they got to run it on pay per view eventually. Event, yep, and it'll be a, it'll be the seventh. It'll be game seven. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, don't don't think. Look, and don't think they won't give us a tie because like, and this I'm, is a perfect, I perfect. Hey, this is a perfect scenario to do a tie in. Yeah. 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 Um. And then you also have a uh, uh, because the Nala stuff, the Nyla and Rio thing that also helps set up the you got another, match next another week. Nyla title match. Was like, how many fucking times are you gonna get beaten a woman's title uh, match for you? And, to, and she don't be like, oh, you know, she's been on those three ways. She's the one who always takes the fucking pins. I don't know how or why she's earned another shot, but I don't get it because like Sheeta Statlander got her match fucked with. Okay, Nyla, go out there and get beat again. Fine, fine. Who do you think not? Who do you think uh, Rio's going to wrestle at a uh, Revolution? Maybe Britt Baker. Maybe again. Maybe again. They wrestled once. Wasn't she in the? Oh no, no, no! no I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Britt, Britt. They wrestled one time, and then Britt keeps losing. Number one contendership matches. I'm sorry, she lost the. She Actually, lost yeah, Britt Baker might not get the shot. She might not get the shot. It might be Statlander. They'd be like, "Yeah, we're gonna run it, run it, you know, without bullshit this time." Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, I'd ha- I have to see. Okay, so now that you brought up Britt, we can finish part two of AEW has dumb Joshi's. So Britt comes out. Britt lo- uh, slaps on the lock jaw. Um, Yuka Sakazaki escapes and gets her win, gets the first win because uh, uh, on Dynamite on her first match of Dynamite, she's she's she, immediately people like her because she's you know she's more charismatic than Rio is a lot more. Um, super likable, you know, looks like a damn cartoon drawing. Um, so. Brit officially snaps, attacks this woman. Does the American History X curb stomp on the back of her head, except on the bottom rope? I don't know why or how. Explain the wrestling logic. What she did to get uh, Yuka to bite down on the fucking rope? Why did she clamp down on the rope herself with her own jaw, uh, Rich? Am I not supposed to think about that? Yeah, you ain't supposed to think about okay, that. Like, okay, like, okay. That's not his book, James. Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> Like you, 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 you get your head put down and you open your mouth. That's a that's an unwritten <laughs> AEW no, 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 no. rule Repeat book. that. Repeat. Say that again, sir. Okay, you you get you when you you get down and you put your mouth on the rope. You know that's that's <laughs> that's that's, how, that's the way it goes. You know, in the unwritten rule book. That's that's kind of you know you you don't think about it after that, hey, man. After you said that, I think I'm I. I pineapples pineapples get me the fuck up out of here bro uh so uh you have that and you know she's missing a tooth so it's like oh that's oh she's a dentist i see what you did there brutal um yeah brutal and guts baker yeah brutal Britt baker who still triple b's who knew yes who has still yet to figure out how to whoop a japanese woman she's all for everything is japanese woman 
She yeah, has she, yet to be she, she, she struggled. She struggles against them. You know, she, you know, she she hasn't really had that that, that type of experience yet. And no, she she has beat Emmy Sakura before, I believe. Okay, I think um, I would have to check that, but I, I I'm pretty sure she's beat her. Okay, all right. So, so she only what veteran Japanese woman? She can't beat anyone like legend. Her age. L- legend. Yeah. You know, you know, you know look, they tell me she's a, look, they tell me she's a legend. You know, <laughs> look, I've seen her wrestle before and from like 2000, like just 2016, 2016, Emma Sakura is better than any woman you've ever seen on American television, uh, like in the last decade. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I continue to like uh, Britt Baker. Yeah, I, I like the fact that they're turning her into a heel because, like, she can be the top heel in the division. Um, I'm wondering at what point do we get... Uh, I'm wondering what's, at what point do we get, like, Jamie or B back on TV if we ever do. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I think they're in a they're both nice... fine. Oh, they are? Yeah. Mm, okay. Well, I know B is for sure. Okay. Like, real signed. Okay, well, have we seen her this year? Have we seen her oh. since full since uh, full gear? She's been booked. Yes, she wrestles Statlander on Dark. Oh, that's Warner. right. Yeah, y'all told me that's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. I forgot. Okay, yeah. Um. Yeah. So, Chris Daniels, Fallen Angel. Yeah. So on BTE, I think it was last week. Um, he got called out the room uh, with the Bucks or whatever, right? And then his bag was sitting there. So yeah, Sky and Daniels, bag. yeah, Sky and Daniels are there, and they're like, what the fuck is this? Like, And then they pull out the, <laughs> the Dark Order mask that's mm-hmm. inside of his bag. Lisa, uh, Dynamite, they get the win over um, was it a, uh, what are, what are the Best Friends. The minions? What are the name of the goons? And, uh, the Creepers. Was it the a Creeper mask, mask or was it a yeah. Uno mask? Uh, the Creeper mask. Okay. Uno got his own special mask. They had like the teeth or whatever. Right, right. But I figured it, like if he is actually the exalted one, that he would have a super a, mask. A, a, yeah, he would have a a a, a non lower uh, dark order mask. He would not be wearing one of the worker masks. Yeah. So they get the uh, win over the best friends, I believe. Chucky e. T takes his pin. Yeah, and um, of course, look, as he should. <laughs> The Dark Order comes out there and ready to whoop ass and starts whooping ass. You know that, that you always got to be on on alert for the Dark Order. Like you lose shit, that, and you gotta look. You gotta look at that interest ramp. Make sure so, they ain't coming. So are they like are they like Sandman and the Apollo? Yes, if you go out there with that whack shit, they ain't to come get your ass on stage. We'll come whoop your ass. <laughs> okay, so they basically clear these niggas out. And then at the end. Christopher Daniels comes out and he wants to run it, but they all back away from him and won't fight him. And immediately, you're supposed to be like, hmm, I wonder why they won't fight this man. Mm. So the story continues. Yeah. Uh, quick note I forgot to mention this is when we were talking about the Hangman and Yumbuck stuff and where did we seem that we think that might be going. Um, next week, they defend the titles in a rematch against uh, SCU. Um, yeah, but. Uh, only other thing to really mention on AEW was they seemed to be building towards Darby versus Guevara with Darby doing the vignette with a fucking flamethrower. <laughs> I loved it. 
Yo, so Dude, the best thing was, was Darby like... couldn't talk, right? Because right. of what they did to him on the skateboard. Right. And that's a great way to like make sure Darby Allen don't have to talk or whatever. <laughs> so I don't know if he can cut promos or not, but until we know, you know, this is a good way to kill a week or so. This nigga Darby Allen has like the cutout of Jericho and Sammy and it looks like it's in some rural part of Georgia like some wood area <laughs> where he like you know has like a skateboarding ramp like a dirt kind of trail this man literally pulls out a flamethrower and literally burns the damn uh, the cardboard standee to a crisp it's like did Tony send him the flamethrower? Did like you know? I, I guess the money's the, the, the AEW that calm money, bro. You you can just buy a flamethrower if you want. Apparently, out here, yeah. Uh, like the flamethrower is not nearly as expensive as you would think it is. Like the flamethrower is like you can get one of those off the internet, off of Amazon for like under two thousand dollars. Look, just like I, I would like to believe that Darby Allen shopped on a dark web. <laughs> I, well, maybe he did. But I'm just saying, like. I would like to point out how disturbing it is that, that like it on for two thousand dollars, which is not that much money in the real world, that you can get a fucking flamethrower. How how do we not have okay, I understand that like we don't have regulations on or I don't understand, like, but I'm I'm aware that we ha- that we don't have regulations or, or really many regulations in the way of grabbing a firearm, right? You mean to tell me you got nothing to protect us from a flamethrower? <laughs> Look, remember when Triple H had the flamethrower and gold dust? WrestleMania 15. They were setting up a feud between Kane and Triple H based on the fact that Kane uh, uh, Kane had shot a fire. I think China had turned on Triple H by that point in time. Kane and China were together. China had Triple H in a full Nelson and Kane was going to throw a fireball because, you know, of course, you know, the guy that got burnt like controls fire because the Undertaker's brother, whatever. He went to throw a fireball. Triple H ducked and it hit China. So, like, there was a reconciliation between China, I believe, or whatever else. So, the Go Home Show is it's a match between Goldust and Kane. Uh, the week Except before, it ain't Goldust. The, the week before Triple H and Kane uh, Russell WrestleMania. So, all of a sudden, Goldust comes out. And he has the paint on. He does the, the, you know, all the hand motions, whatever else. And he has the big robe on and in, in, in the in uh, the, the wig. Except it don't look like really a wig. Next thing you know, all of a sudden, he opens up. <laughs> he opens up the robe, and he ha- and all of a sudden he doesn't have a flamethrower, but he has a fucking bazooka. He's like, what the. F- 
fuck is Goldust doing with a fucking bazooka in the middle of the, of this wrestling in the middle of a wrestling ring? Next thing you know, he pulls it out. Kane doesn't flinch. Next thing you know, a ball of fire <laughs> comes out of this fucking bazooka and just blasts Kane. I'm not joking. Oh you can go on YouTube and find this fucking thing. And yeah. I, I was brought to this and I saw it and I howled. He fucking blasts this dude with a fucking wall of fire. A wall of fire. Kane Real just... Shit. Kane's burnt to a crisp. I don't know what Kane had on his body. I'm sure he had no more fil- no more like hair on his... Like, he smelt like singed hair all on his arm and whatever. Like, he's on the wall selling... Look, probably because it was a shoot. He wasn't selling nothing. He was, that was legit, bro. So, all of a sudden, you see him, Kane, the big red machine, writhing in pain. And then, you see the wig come, or it wasn't a wig, whatever else, or, yeah, it was a wig. Take off the wig, and you see this Triple H that was wearing a, a the uh, gold dust robe. And then you hear Jim Ross say, almost deadpan. Well, um, we'll see you on Sunday for tune in for WrestleMania 15, where you can see Kane versus Triple H after a guy got hit with a wall of fire. <laughs> so, <laughs> for you to flash back from what a build. that, for you to flash back to that, to yes, to Darby Allen. <laughs> hitting a cardboard cut out with a flamethrower oh my god like dude wrestling's fucking ridiculous and stupid and awesome <laughs> just really yes. uh, I, if I saw somebody was you know preparing for me via flamethrower I'd be kind of kind of you know uh, has anybody like Sammy gotta address this on the vlog like he, he gotta say what's on his mind about this like nah bro like, no. can we make sure he does not have a flamethrower with him, please? I, I, I think I, I look. I see somebody pull out a flamethrower in preparation for a upcoming feud with me. Then I think it's time for me to officially <laughs> turn in my uh, my letter of resignation from All Elite Wrestling. I am, I am officially retired from the professional wrestling business. No, we're not doing this. Sorry, you know. You know somebody that I'm surprised never had a flamethrower feud. Who? New Jack. Oh my God! There's no guarantee he did not. So before you good say point. that, good point. So- good point. Good point. All right. Good point. I retract my statement. Who knows what he was doing in them fucking territories, or in them, or in them '90s territories? There might be or video. Of him in, there might be video of him somewhere like that. We never even knew he wrestled. Man, what if he? What if he had like a weekend in, in Continental? For all we know. <laughs> you know, who knows? Um, yeah. So where else were we? Um, oh, that's, yeah. That's all for AEW. This motherfucker got a flamethrower. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna yeah. murder Sammy Guevara. <laughs> okay. Big um, ratings week too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what are they doing ratings? I think it was nine twenty eight. So they're trying to. Find a way to get so back to a million. Like, was it um, was that fifty thousand more people than last week? I think it was a hundred thousand more. I thought they were at eight eighty last week or something like that. Or, or am I wrong? I or think it was before then. I think it was eight thirteen. Okay, all right. I was. Wrong. I think. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah. Or eight eight twenty eight. Look, as long like as we grow in this Wednesday uh, fan base between both shows, eventually we will eventually we will overcome uh, one of these Raw and SmackDowns combined. Um, okay, so moving on to NXT, I'll go through it shortly because we really spent a lot of time on AEW. Um, 
last week's show, because we, actually we didn't even talk about NXT last, the week before. Okay, so two weeks ago, Ciampa comes out and says that, uh, or they built the show around who's going to be Adam Cole's challenger for, the, for his title at uh, Portland. Uh, Ciampa comes out and says, I'm going to make sure that it's me. They cut to commercial break. He comes. They come back. You see all of Undisputed except for Adam Cole laid out outside, and all of a sudden you see someone come from behind uh, a wall, and it's Champa with a lead pipe. He drops the lead pipe and walks to the center, or walks into full cell, into the middle of the ring, grabs a table, puts a table in the ring, sets it up, props it up, and then he grabs a. He has a in his pocket a um uh, a uh, yellow uh, spray paint can, and he. Marks a big X on the table. All of a sudden, Adam Cole comes out and sees Undisputed laid out. He's like, what the hell's going on? What the hell's going on? And they say they, it was Ciampa. She goes walking through the stage or walking out the full cell. He's like, what the hell's your problem? What the hell's going on? Why do you do this? Whatever. So then, all of a sudden, uh, out comes Regal. Regal says that, I just got done talking to Adam Cole. Adam Cole's already signed his contract. It's an open contract. He doesn't care who he fights. Ciampa says, all right, you're going to bring your ass Here's what I'm going to tell you is going to happen. You're going to bring your ass to this ring. You're going to sign the contract, or I'm going to sign the contract, and then I'm powerbombing, or I'm, I'm powerbombing your ass through this table, and then I'm signing that contract. So Cole comes down like a dumbass, hits, hits uh, Chompa with the mic. Chompa gets busted up on the top of his head. He gets in the ring and thinks he's going to start uh, brawling with Chompa. Chompa cuts him off and then immediately powerbombs through the table. So you see he starts bleeding. So he grabs the contract and is about to start signing. And all of a sudden, the crowd sees he's bleeding and says, I'm in this crowd. The crowd says, use the blood. Use the blood. Wow. Ciampa, he, he starts laughing, realizes he's bleeding, grabs the, grabs the blow off the top of his head and smacks it on the contract. Crowd pops. Uh, so flash forward to this week, and the whole story is Undisputed is looking for Ciampa all throughout Full Sail for most of the show. So... They look for him uh, backstage, can't find him. They start beating up people because um, they're jerks, of course. Uh, they run backstage, see somebody that's cut, getting a haircut. They walk by the dude getting a haircut. They come back, and Roddy grabs the clippers out of the barber's hand and just runs it over that dude's head. So now that that boy just scalped. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they say, and then he says, you got a stupid haircut. Uh, so then they continue looking for Ciampa. Then they cut to another segment. He, they're walking by a production uh truck and the door is wide open they walk by they see nothing next thing you know from behind you just see Chompa walk behind them doors as they pass he he starts fighting all four of them but he has a jump on on them so he gets to jump on uh the three of them not cole and then uh cole and him brawl into the uh full cell ring then all of a sudden the rest undisputed uh not not the ring they go to the ringside area or the announce table area he's about to power bomb them through the table again Another another table. Undisputed numbers come in. It's four on one. Uh, then all of a sudden, Dunn and Riddle come out. And they make the save. And then Regal comes out and says, we're not doing this shit. Three on three. Uh, three on three match later in the show. They end up being the main event. Um, they end up having a really, really good match. Um, it was based around thinking that, like, or actually, there's a really good match. Chompings were getting hurt in the middle of the match. And he starts limping. And you're like, no, he just blew out his fucking knee again. Turned out he was his ankle that he blew out. So, or not blow out, but like he he, he sprained his ankle mid match. But you were just like, 
No, not again. Remember, like, he wrestled through that uh, that Chicago pay-per-view, like, the last half of it with a torn ACL. So you're just like, you know he can wrestle through virtually anything. But you're just like, oh, no, they're finna, you know. But he's okay, relatively speaking, for a wrestler with a ticking time bomb for Nick. But uh, they wrestle, have a good match, and then all of a sudden, Roddy comes in for the DQ. Um... They have the man advantage, of course. And then all of a sudden, uh, the week before, there was a vignette saying two five twenty, um, and it was like the two was in a circle, the five was in a circle, and the twenty was in a circle. But you know, people are thinking like, I don't know what this is. I didn't know what this was. People, uh, I think Caleb was saying to me, it's probably dream. I was like, because the three circles, like, uh, maybe. All of a sudden, lights go out. Vignette comes up. The three circles come together and converge into the the tri, you know the, the third eye thing. And you're like, oh, it's Velveteen. Next thing you know, a light, a spotlight comes out on one of the turnbuckles. He's on top of the fucking turnbuckle. Double axe handle. Then he basically whoops all of on his undisputed by himself four on one. It was like one large man versus like four little dudes. In like, it doesn't make sense, but it does because they little. <laughs> Damn. And then uh. They base uh, they basically cleared the ring with Roddy, with everybody but Roddy. He whoops Roddy's ass some. He rips off his pants, and his pants have uh, Marina, Roddy, and Marina and Roddy's jit on his pants. And it says uh, on the back, it says "Call me up, Marina." See, that that's how it went black. That boy disrespectful. Hey, <laughs> yeah, the- put him on the shelf <clears throat> for months. Look, yep. you you put look. They put hard times in this country, and they put Velveteen Dream on the shelf. So so that was one of two things that got to me on Twitter off of this. The other was Kushida being literally thrown in the trash. Um oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so um this is one of the segments when they were looking for Champa and they see Kushida backstage and they were like, Where is where where is Champa? Didn't answer him because like he doesn't speak that good English, I guess. I don't know. Or he didn't fuck or you don't fuck with them off the energy because they're assholes. So Cole pushes Kushida. Kushida immediately pushes him back. They jump him, and then they throw him through a table that apparently was on top of a trash can. So, <laughs> as so he goes through the table, the trash the table, trash can set up, and then Bronson reads there, and they're like, "Yo, yo, yo, we don't have a problem, big fella. We don't have a problem, big fella." And he's making a mean face, like he almost like the uh, remember the. The Mick Foley, Ryback, CM Punk spot, uh, shot. Yeah, it yeah. was like that. Like they they just whooped this dude, but they shook at the person that's all that's on the camera on the other side. So all of a sudden, like they're like, we want no problems, we want no problems. All of a sudden, Roddy comes through with that jumping knee and just bow. <laughs> they, laid, they laid his ass out too. It was incredible. Like Roddy's the best. He just came through. Like, nah, yeah. bro, we don't want no problem, no problem. Bow. Awesome. So. Uh, All Japanese wrestlers beware. <laughs> yeah, there's also that. Uh, they will throw your dumb ass in the trash. <laughs> Remember when Kushida showed up with his entrance and doing this long ass shit? Oh, that shit's over now. <laughs> it's but, a wrap. And the only thing that man did was get hurt while having a four and a quarter star match. That's the only thing he did was you got hurt while having one of the best matches of the year in this company. Go figure. So... Do you ever see that Walter match? Mm-mm. Oh, that match is so goddamn good. Yeah, uh, so 
other, other stuff that's on that. Uh, oh, there was also a Gargano and Finn Balor interview when they did the face to face thing. Um, it was a basically like this via satellite deal. Um, and they're basically arguing back and forth. And then Johnny is just, uh, basically Balor is basically saying like, look, man, um, I came back. You're the faces of what NXT has turned into since I left. And I despise what it's turned into. Y'all are all soft geeks. And I'm going to make an example out of all of y'all. So he says, am I, so then Johnny's like, I'm sorry, am I talking to, uh, a new improved Finn Balor? Am I speak, speaking to main Ross Finn Balor? Because if I'm speaking to new to main Ross Finn Balor, then his ass is done before he even starts. Because I, if you out here, you know, if you bring out a dude that's out here losing to Bobby Lashley 17 weeks in a row, then you done before you, by the time you even uh, set foot in Portland. Uh, so then you see like Johnny Finn Gargano Balor. talking about how many times somebody lost on a row. That is mighty rich. <laughs> So the thing is about how uh, Cole or not Cole, but uh, Balor sells this is like he, you can see him blow his stack. You can see him get furious when he said this, and it's like, oh, so Finn Balor emotes on NXT on the main roster. He does not emote. He so just he, smiles. Well, well he has smile. Well, he has the jacket, kind of like Tamina, you know, <laughs> emote through the jacket. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, basically, uh, Battle was like, you know, it took you months, like, you haven't even been cleared yet, and now it's because of me. So, imagine what happens when I get my hands to you for real. Like, that, you know, that's the stuff he was saying, but I'm gonna fuck you up. Um, so, like, I thought that was really good. Uh, you also have Charlotte making her return to Full Sail to answer whether or not she's going to accept Rhea's challenge for her, for Rhea's belt that Rhea offered to the World Rumble winner. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Sounds like some more convoluted Charlotte nonsense yeah. that, that happens every WrestleMania season yeah. when she ain't really over like that. Yeah, go figure. Uh, so, but promises were made, James. You know, promises were made. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> I just thought of that stupid Demi Lovato song. Whatever group that was, <laughs> promise me no promises. Whatever. Uh, so. Th- they say the whole show, like half the show, or probably, I think she probably came out around like maybe, I don't know, like nine, somewhere after nine she showed up. But they were like, she's in she's in route to full cell. She's in route to full cell, right? And then like all of a sudden. Trying to milk it. Yes, you're all right, right. We're all milking this so, shit, so bro. all of a sudden, um, Bianca comes out um, to full cell. Uh, and as it's time for her, her, as she's walking out, they go to her break and come back, and then you see Charlotte pulling up with a chauffeur, which is like, if she's in route, then how come she's not in whatever, like, rental she, oh, never mind. So, <laughs> she had to rent with her own, out of her own fucking pocket to get to full sale. Anyway, uh, they do that, Bianca starts talking, Charlotte interrupts with her music, comes in, and they basically have a, a standoff, and they talk, and they trade barbs. Then all of a sudden, uh, but it didn't last long because Rhea cuts her off to where her music comes out. And then you have side by side on the left side, you have Charlotte on the right side, you have Rhea in the middle, you have Bianca and Rhea. I'm sorry. Bianca says like steps in front to symbolically mean like 
Don't even think about her before you get to me, because you ain't getting past me, motherfucker. So as she's facing up with uh, Rhea, Charlotte puts her wraps her hand around Bianca's face and kind of sh- shoes her away. And the I'm going to use a, a quote-unquote SAT word. Bianca was apoplectic. She could not fucking believe that this bitch had the audacity to put to put her hand in her airspace. She stay dude, over there and fix the, your brain. Oh my god that that was the that was the part that she's like that's the part where she's like I can't believe this. And then it was it was Rhea and Charlotte talk for a little bit, and then Bianca got her bearings like. She thought of all the ways she was going to cuss Charlotte out and compose herself to figure out how to form all those cuss words into a complete, you know, thought. And then she cut her off and said, how dare you? And then Charlotte said that line about uh, uh, go fix your braid. The crowd popped because they knew they were, t- oh, you don't want to talk about a black woman's hair? Ooh. Ooh. You finna get your ass stomped out. Or you about to be some fist cuffs. So, all of a sudden, Rhea was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You do not come here and disrespect us uh, at our place. We don't come to your place and, and fuck with you. And you know, you used, to, you used to work here. There was always the same. So then you see her make eye contact with Bianca. It's like, we are NXT. And then when she said that shit, in my mind, I literally yelled, or not in my mind, I literally yelled out, let's jump her. They jumped, they jumped her ass and stomped the shit out of her. And then they both picked her up and let the double electric chair and dropped her on her, on her face, on her face. I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Charlotte's so good at taking a beating. I don't know why she is, but she really is. Like, remember last year on them, or two years ago on them beans that she took from Becky? She's really oh, good yeah. at taking a beating. I don't know it, why, but it, she it really just is. Have, it's just have her get whooped forever. Like, at this point, like, oh, but you had to lose. It was great. Uh, so, earlier in the show, I think the first match, you had Dijak versus Killian Dane. Uh, basically, Ooh. basically what they've done is ever, okay, so Dijak was in men's war games. They won. So I believe he's won every match he's been in since then. But more specifically, like, he won on the Christmas Day show against uh, Bronson Reed. He beat Damian Priest last week. And he beat Killian Dane right here. So he's won three in a row. So he's number one contender for the uh, North American title. Um, so after he beats uh, Killian Dane in a match that was okay. Of course it was. Killing. Yes, killing a thing. Um, they go out there, or Keith Lee comes out, meets him up on, on the ramp, and says, "Congratulations." Off mic. There's no mic. It's just you, we can hear him because the mics, the camera mic is that close. He says, "Congratulations, you've earned your North American title shot." I'll see you at Portland, and they shake hands. Uh, so we don't, we gonna finally see who wins. Yes, or, or are they gonna like? So this, let me see. This would be they're so one, they- one, they're one, one and two. They're one, one and two. So I'd like them to to do something like, I know they have their match that they do. Mm-hmm. I'd like them to shock us and like, what if they give us like a strong style match and just beat the shit out of each other? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, the thing for me is like their first match. Their first match had plenty of them like chopping the shit or chopping the shit each other and striking the shit at each other. It's just you get lost in the you know. At the end, when they start hitting, you know, high spots, like I get what you're saying, like incorporate more of that into your match. I get what you're saying, yeah. 
Um, I mean, yeah, they're, they're out here doing fucking, you know, second row uh, reverse runners. I think they can chop each other. So, so yeah, I think, I think that can happen too. Um, you know, they're going to, you know, or at least we think anyway, like they're going to want them to do more oh, than just yeah, all yeah. the high spots in the world. So I think that would fill that out nicely. Yeah. That would be a good uh, addition to their match. Um, so Garza and Swerve had a really good match. It was short, but it was really good. It was based around uh, his pants. But aside from the goofiness of that, uh, they were having a really good match. Like, if they got that goofiness shit out there, like, they go out there and tear their house down. We need um, Angel Garza and, and Tai Chi to link up. Oh, my God. Um, Mercedes, go ahead. Pants rippers. <laughs> pants rippers. <laughs> stupid. Okay, so Mercedes and Casey had a uh, Mercedes Martinez and Casey Cannizzaro, um had a match. And it was basically um, this bigger veteran just pounds this small gymnast or yo. Gymnast. <laughs> That's and then, funny. Like, um, but if yo, can you think of a more perfect person for Casey Cazenzaro to wrestle than Mercedes Martinez? Like for uh, her level of experience and good point. Good point. Good point. But one thing in particular I want to bring up because this 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 was a thing of beauty. She's throwing her around. Mercedes is throwing her around at one point. And then she goes for a pop-up power bomb. So she pops her up and she goes to power bomb her. And Casey turns it into a West Coast pop. I almost decided to jump out of my seat. This shit was awesome. It was a thing of beauty. It was for a near fall. After that, Mercedes basically gets her outside to the floor and just basically throws her uh, from barricade to uh, ring po or, or sorry, uh, ringside apron, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Gets her back in the ring and it hits her uh, fisherman suplex for the win. Short, simple match made made her made her look like a tough veteran that knows what the fuck she's doing. Made Casey look like. Just a lovable baby face, underdog. Storytelling, uh, in the right person one. Um, so that's pretty much all we have for uh, I have on NXT from this week. So, um, you you brought up Tynara wants out, right? Yeah, I think she like either walked out of NXT or some type of report, some type of financial dispute or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. she got on tv a couple times but i mean it's it's fucking crowded there so like she's on tv like once a month and she probably is look is looking like i can probably make more money outside of wrestling than i can like inside of wrestling doing what i'm doing and she's a pc'er so she probably wasn't on some type of you know big contract or anything Mm -hmm. she doesn't have like outside name so she could probably go like the ig fitness route like you know something and and being like an influencer and get checks off of that, so yeah, that's my guess. Yeah, um, one thing I want to bring up on on as uh, the look. Oh, definitely as the look. Um. Uh, so yeah, so I remember. Oh, this is this is a topic I want to bring up. So the takeout card, the takeover card for Portland projected anyway. Uh, from top to bottom, if I can, if I had, I think it's, it's seven matches, so I'm gonna fingers out. So, uh, NXT title match, Gargano versus Ciampa. Um, huh? I'm sorry, uh, Cole versus Ciampa. Sorry, okay. sorry. 
Um, grudge match, Finn Balor versus um, Johnny Gargano. Women's match, Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. North American title match, Keith Lee versus Dijak. Tag match, Dunn and Riddle versus Undisputed Era. Velveteen Dream in a return grudge match versus Righty Strong. And Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai. That's seven matches. Are they putting too many matches on the ta- on takeover card? Like these are projected. We we pretty much know that like at least five, or, or we know they're going at least six deep. But there is a seventh match now that they have Velveteen in 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 uh, Roddy. Yeah, it's they, seven they don't have the and, and they don't have the taped uh, element like to where to tape it to show Correct. it before. I mean, I, I don't think it's too many. Like and. Uh, Unless you want the main event to like go thirty minutes or we know, do not thirty-five need that. minutes, we do, we do not need that, that. But what promotion is this? That's what they do. This is who they are. Like you know, they they always have thirty-minute main events. So they just got to find some time somewhere. Like I think there's a way to do it. Someone got to get cut somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you would think so. You would think so. Um. Okay. So look, you think Sean, you look, you think Shawn Michaels is about to tell them? Yeah, go short. <laughs> the the promotion of Triple H, no oh no problem going going long out here. You have a point. Points are made. Um, it's just you know I I I just don't want to take over to to go into a four hour, a four hour thing. Like if you want to go three hours, you got more enough talent to go three hours, so that's fine. But like, don't go past that. Like the sweet spot is always at two and a half. So we'll see. Like maybe, maybe it really is three hours in. You know, one of these matches a pre-show match. Maybe we'll see. Um, yeah. So you had thoughts on New Beginning? I did not watch New Beginning, but like there was nothing that was particularly uh, so so uh, sacred that like I had to you know not hear this. So like, what are your thoughts? Okay, I'm gonna start with the things that I liked because I don't want to lead. I'm gonna lead with love. You know, as they say, so um, Dragon Lee and Hiromu Takahashi, motherfucking banger. Okay. Um, these guys open the match with this crazy, immediately run at each other sequence where they just hit a bunch of moves and then all of a sudden they're both laid out. Like, and then they get back up and then they start exchanging chops. I swear to God. Each of them hit like eighty-five chops on the other. I'm I'm not exaggerating the number at all. They're hopping for minutes upon minutes upon minutes at a time, and then like you would think they're done, and then it leads to another chop, and then another chop, and another chop, and it's just like crazy. And then like that's like the big strong style part. Then they do like all the you know craziness, like high risk stuff that Dragon Lee does, and then it you know turns into Hiromu trying to put him away and. This was fucking excellent. Um, I went 4.75 on it. Um, and it was just like, yeah, man. This is a legendary wrestling rivalry. Like, yep. in multiple countries, this is this is like, you know, I, I, I loved this match. I was popping left and right. Um, they they teased doing the um, the Phoenix Plex that broke oh, Roman's neck like several times in the match. It was like you know, it was just like a very special match. Uh, definitely put that in my uh, spreadsheet. John Moxley and Minoru Suzuki loved it. 
Um, I think they fought out. They fought outside the ring a lot. They they were doing like a lot of like chair shots and some of the stuff like was you know some they were doing a lot of tricks. But when it came to it, they were in there to fight each other and they fought each other, clubbing each other with forearms and like lots of really good wrestling in there too. I went four and a half on that one, and um, I didn't you know Suzuki. It, I don't want to say he's limited sometimes in what he can do, but you know what you're going to get with Suzuki. So mm-hmm. I think this was like the best of uh, of Suzuki and Moxley, and these guys clearly like have lots of respect for each other, and you know wanted to both do this match uh, a lot. So just presentation of it was dope. Moxley came out and the crowd, and then walked up the ramp after, and then um, he told Suzuki to come meet him. Suzuki like. <laughs> grabs two chairs and walks up and he's fucking smiling and laughing like hell yeah let's go let's run out i'm a fucking psycho and he hands <laughs> mostly the chair and then they begin the match by swinging chairs at each other it was, it was yeah. just fucking great <laughs> okay so i can't remember which sapporo show it was but <clears throat> it, during one of the tags they are both tags they basically spend mo- almost like 80 percent of the match like fighting each other outside the ring and like you're almost like fuck this match is happening inside the ring I want to see them try to kill each other uh so there was a point during one of these tags where they were literally way away from like the the ringside area like they're out by like the text stuff and they're basically doing jousting in in like uh was it fencing with like the plastic barricades like they were just like they were like basically trying to stab each other with plastic barricades, Rich. Like they're fucking insane. Like yeah, I, I think I they did they did a little bit of that. Okay, I can't wait to watch that match. I can't wait yeah. to watch it. But the main event, Tetsuya well, Naito. Whoa, 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 whoa. Do do you want to do Jay White and Sonata Sonata first? I mean, Jay and Sonata was just kind of there. Like okay. it was okay. like okay, it was worked okay. They messed a couple things up. But of course, they had a lot of fucking Gato fuckery and Jay White shenanigans mm. and um, three and a quarter. Like I don't <laughs> like just like. Uh, but the thing is, you know why it didn't bother me as much, James? Because it's not in the semi-main event or main event. It was fourth <laughs> from the top, so I can deal with it then. So when Jay White fucks off and does all that, it's lower on the card where it's supposed to be. So I could deal with it there, but. We got Kenta versus Tetsuya Naito, who I had to, you know, just I had to listen to how much of a success this was that they sold out Osaka Joe Hall. And this is just such proof of this is going to be awesome. And this is great. And then the match happened and it was Mm -hmm. fucking nothing. It was Kenta doing nothing but kicking this man for 30 minutes. It was Kenta not starting the match like when the bell rings, nothing but stalling. Literally a five-minute call happened before these two ever touched each other. It was Are you ridic- serious? Yes, it was ridiculous. It was just rolling in and out the ring, doing nothing. Naito not being really impressive at all either. He's not a good enough wrestler to be occupying both belts. Both belts are tied up. And we're having 35-minute matches that some people are giving three and a half stars to. Like, this is not the IWGP Championship. This is not Kazushi Okada. This is not Kenny Omega. This is not Hiroshi Tanahashi. This is the new reality. 
this is the guy that they all wanted to win and just went so crazy. New Japan just couldn't move forward until this guy just got his 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 fucking um coronation and everyone just needed this so bad. And then what do we have now? We have these dusty ass matches to account for it. And what's gonna happen is he's gonna keep moving forward and he's gonna keep underwhelming like normal. He's going to be who he has been, who I've been trying to tell you who who he is for months now on this show. And then you guys are going to have to ask yourselves some really hard questions. If you're out here rooting for Tetsuya Naito, Naito and capping like this, like Kenta don't ever want to see him near a main event for the belt again. If this is how you're going to wrestle, I'm straight. Like, like don't you think t- that's take weird? Take that shit on. Well, don't you think that's weird? Because like in the G1, he was in main events and his main events were good as fuck. I don't know what it is. They went 35 minutes and it was just like, okay, they got, they, they got some fortunate juice too here, which helped them out a little bit. They juiced and they, they had fortunate juice and they still couldn't get to four. I wouldn't have given it four stars. No, Josh gave it three and a half. Yeah. So I'm sure he's going to go into it more and keeping it strong style with what he didn't like. But, um, I was watching it and just like, I was like, well, this this what this you know this this what they want and then you know the Naito stands are gonna they're gonna try to tell you it was great but it's a trap don't listen watch the match for yourself or not because it is a thirty five minute commitment to something not that great so um, yeah double champion both belts tied up in this guy I can't wait for Tanahashi to beat him <laughs> I don't think Tanahashi's gonna beat Fuck. him but. <laughs> Well, figure something out. Shit, hit him with the rainmaker. I, I don't give a fuck what you do. Like, you give it. Get, look, wait, look, wait, look. Give, wait, give Hiromu the give Hiromu the belt. They're they're having the match next month. Like, you have Hiromu beat him, beat him, and take the belts off of him. You know, he's not he's not gonna do nothing but go ahead and out wrestle that man anyway. So, so he so Tetsuya Naito gets to be the latest guy to um wrestle uh, out wrestle Naito and lose to him. So this is gonna be this is gonna be real. We're all join the club, Naito, the, the Kota Ibushi club, the Kazuchika Okada club. And meanwhile, Yikes. Pearl, and meanwhile, as a pearl, you have Okada having like four and a quarter, four and a half star match with with Taichi. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. All right. I think that's it for New Japan, right? Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, oh, well, Zack Sabre Jr. is going to be uh, John Moxley's next challenger. Oh. He choked him out after the match. Mm. I ain't like how, I ain't like how you beat up you know, the leader of the clique, so I'm, I'm going to go fight him. Yeah, um, should be pretty interesting because they pushed it as like the British champion confronting the United States champion. Mm. Choked him out after the match, and um, you know, Saber's like earned um, like another kind of upward run because he did a lot of jobs towards the end of last year, and he's been quietly putting momentum together. Okay, I mean, it also helps that he beat Saber, or not Saber, but uh, beat Osprey uh, in Sapporo. Yep. Yeah. Um. They have a they have a rematch in in England soon, don't they? Yes. What do you think is gonna happen? I think uh, Zach Saber keeps the belt. Mm, okay. All right. Um, anything else going forward as far as like next like what's on the horizon in New Japan? 
So anniversary shows anniversary right, right, right. shows up next. So Naito Naito versus Hiromu. Yep. Um, I think uh, Jay White got a win. So I don't know where he's headed. Like they pushed it as you know momentum going into New Japan Cup. Looks like Tanahashi and Ibushi are gunning for God the tag belts. So uh, did we'll Ibushi show up on, on the show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he looks to be um, you know healed from uh illness he had manabu nakanishi uh he's winding his career down boy and not a second too soon because uh it's time you know it's time 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 to go player like you know when when luke gallows looks at you and and, you know starts to feel spry boy yeah it's about that time it's about that time all right um only thing left is stardom now Oh, so I guess what we got to do? Hit the music. <laughs> okay, so the February 8th, Kurikan Hall. All of the matches are up in one weekend. It's amazing. I don't have to wait till Thursday to get it. All well, of it. Look awesome. at that. Yes. Look at that. Bushiro coming through. I appreciate you. Appreciate you, bro. It gave me less days to send James fake spoilers. Oh, my God. All along the, you know, to Mass Effect that you sent me real ones and fucked it up. Like, <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm just going to run through the uh, the undercard stuff real quick. Uh, Isuki Hoshino got her uh, first victory over Leo Nozaki. Um, for me, this was really cool because they did a, a 15 minute documentary on their stardom um, account about her back then uh, or back when she redebuted. Like, she was someone that was training with Big Saya at the time. Big Saya debuted months before she did and like you can see you know she didn't pass her protest but um big saya did and you can see like while she's doing like the ring duty as she's as a uh, big saya like makes her debut like how sad she is like she's like it's bittersweet like she's happy for a friend but she didn't get it she didn't she didn't pass it and like months later she passes and she has a singles match her first match is against jungle and you see her backstage She's a nervous wreck. She's crying in tears. She has the match with Jungle. Jungle clotheslines her fucking head off, and <laughs> and then well, uh, the business. and then yeah, and then like it's crying because she's so happy she got her first match on her belt. Uh, and then like Jungle like you know souls or whatever else. And you're just like, you know, you you for me watching it, it was like this makes this is what makes people like draw to other people like to see like the stuff they go through like they're actual humans and they have dreams and they aspire for them you see them like ache for certain things so wait it's like you get behind them so she debuted in i think uh october november ish uh she got her first singles match so i was i really happy for her um or she won her first singles match i'm really happy for her uh after that they had a five tag team gauntlet match it was a uh, match started with a uh, kid and tam versus uh the uh the Hannon twins, uh, they get the heat on Tam really quick. Uh, then Tam over overpowers those uh preteens, and then they tag in, tag in Starlight Kid, kid over or powers the preteens. Tam McConnell like, literally fighting kids out here, yeah, grown woman fighting, yeah. fighting, you know, yes. teenagers, yes, 12 year olds who are taller than her. So then, uh, 
Starlight ends up hitting the Twisting Frog Splash for the win. Then uh, Saya on Saya, <laughs> they're a team. Uh, Lil Saya has new gear. She looks like a shiny Seattle Supersonic. Like, <laughs> like bro, her next gear may as well be a sequin uh, Gary Payton jersey. So, Damn. Uh, one thing, they keep adding, you, you know that they're pushing uh, Big Saya for success because obviously they, she's she's clearly a young girl, but they have, have her doing like flashy stuff. Like so, they added to the repertoire now. They have her doing that standing back tuck uh, Pele kick thing that Ibushi does. They have her doing that now. Mm. Um, so uh, Saya ends up uh, winning with a running shooting star press. Um, so then out come Jamie and Zoe. Jamie just comes out and just beats a shot of Saya. Ends up like folding her in half with a uh, running clothesline, running lariat, and then it ends up hitting her with uh, the Ushi uh, that like damn near takes her head off. Uh, then out come uh, Leia and have you seen Leia Hirsch, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Leia and Yamasan were short. Team. Yep, yeah. Uh, so then, um, Jamie and Dust run up on the mid entrance in the hallway. Like all four of them brawl the way back to the ring. Uh, Zoe gets Sai in a full Nelson. Jamie goes for a lariat. Uh, Yamasan slips out. Jamie ends up Jamie ends up hitting Zoe. Yamasan gets Jamie out the ring. Uh, Leia and uh, Yamasan double V-trigger dust and then Leia hits her triangle moonsault for the win. Not one team won more than one fall. Basically, you win, you lose. You win, you lose. You win, you lose. You win. Luck of the draw. So, uh, then you have the number one contenders match for the artist trios titles uh, between Natsuko, Saki, and uh, Natsu Oyotai versus TCS's big three of Hannah, Jungle, and Konami. Pre-match, during the pre-match promo, uh, actually, take it back further. Okay, guess who's last match in stardom? Jungle pins Kagetsu and then asks Mayu for a title shot um, because she has never had a singles match with Mayu. Mayu says, well, I can't give you a title shot because the next Corkin Hall is already booked with Sari, but... If I retain the title, ask for another title shot. Or ask for ask for a title shot later. Um, so they do the pre-match promo and like Jungle is like grabbing her head and her hair and is muttering Iwatani Mayu. Iwatani Mayu. Like she's 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 obsessed now. So they're sad. And also Hannah is like in the background, like laughing hysterically at the thought of Saki Kashima beating her. She's you know, like T you know, you have no Hazuki, you have no uh, Kagetsu, or you're tired of a bunch of geeks. So, get into the match, and Oedotai's music hits, and then the next thing you know, it breaks down into something else. And the best way I can explain it is imagine if late 2000s Polo to Dawn remix Oedotai's theme. That shit is jamming. I don't know who <laughs> did this beat, but that shit is jamming. Um, like, where did you find this? Uh, yeah, so basically, long story short, short match, not really good, was actually flat out bad until they got Hannah and Natsu out of there, and then they let the adults do the work, and then the match got good at the very end. Um, Konami and Saki were in at the end. Looks like uh, Konami's about to put her away with uh, with a with her submission gets out the way. They both get back to their feet, catches her charging, hit puts her in her, uh, revival, uh, crucifix pin and pins her. So 
like Oedo Tai got themselves a win. I guess is to propel um, Saki as because she seems like she's the leader of Oedo Tai. Um, I think she needs some help, or they need to like just let B or Jamie be the, the leader. But we'll see. Um, uh, B B's a leader. Gotta be. It's I'm I'm telling you, it don't seem like it. It don't seem like it, Rich. It, it I, I would agree she should be, but it don't seem like it. Um, maybe that's because like it's just a language barrier. I don't know, but like even in um, we'll see more when they have more interactions as a team. Because right now it seems like it's kind of like the two Gaijins are to themselves and tag matches and getting singles belt matches, and then like you have just them. <laughs> it's like it's like oh yeah, the natives. They just keep like without so, giving them much so of anything. So, so is the Bullet Club and uh, the Elite. Ooh, ooh, that's a good point. That's good. That's a really good point. Um, that's really, that's a really good. That's a really good point. Uh, yeah. That's. I mean, I think that's a that's something they can. Uh, well, it's only just it's only just Jamie and B. So like, if there were more, then maybe it would be it would stick out more. But uh, we'll see in the future. Um, we'll see how that plays out in in you know the months and maybe even years to come. Uh, Use the V trigger. <laughs> oh yes, they definitely use the V trigger in their match. Jesus Christ! So, um, next match is the Artists of Stardom uh, trios belts match. Uh, that's Queen's Quest, Momo, Tommy, and Azumi versus Julia. I don't know if it's Shuri or Suri or uh, not Suri, but uh, if it's Shuri or Suri, I don't know. Um, and um, Micah. Okay, so this was awesome. Yeah. It was. Uh, I wrote out a bunch of notes, but I'm not going to go through all the notes. I'm just going to basically keep it really basic. Um, they basically paired off all three of them. So it's basically Utami versus um, Micah, and they do they basically do judo, chain, and mat wrestling. Then you have a, then you have Momo and Shuri, and it's basically just a kicking contest. <laughs> and then that was my favorite. <laughs> that, that was my favorite pairing right there. And then uh, then you have Azumi and Julia, and, like, Azumi is getting Julia to do high-speed spots, so that's that's kind of cool. So, um, Julia ends up, after you go through those three uh, things, you end up getting Julia, like, getting advantage over the 17-year-old, and it breaks down to a six-way brawl outside. They end up getting back into the ring. Um, and then, like, there's this spot in the match where, like, Siri just takes out Mayu, Tommy, and Azumi all by herself with kicks, kneeless, backstabbers, and that Hikaru Shida big knee. Um, Micah and Utami get back in the ring together. Mikey, uh, Micah uh, picks the arm and uh, takes Utami down with a, uh, a left a left arm Fujiwara armbar. Utami rolls through. Uh, Micah transitions into a cross arm bar. Utami fights to the ropes. They trade forearms. Utami uses her right forearm to, to throw the strikes. The good, healthy one. Until Micah, until Micah ducks under and hits a rock bottom. Not a urinage, yes. a rock bottom. Uh, then ragdolls Utami around with four judo throws. And like the last one is brutal for a near fall. Um... Micah then hits the ropes. Utami hits her own judo throw because, uh, and because she's getting being in her ass kicked, she immediately lifts her up and and uh, slaps on her torture rack uh, finish for the uh, to try to get the win. So as soon as that happens, Azumi and Momo fly across uh, and clear uh, Donna Del Mondo off the floor. That's the name of uh, their faction. Um, I think it's I think it's Italian for Woman of the World. 
she ends up grabbing the left arm and turns it into like a into like a Kimura and then transition to a rolling uh, cross arm breaker. Utami still has her, her, her traps her, or puts her hands together so she can't uh, put her in a submission. Micah turns it into a uh, triangle and then Utami just lifts her powers up so slowly and like it was a great looking triangle like it was a shoot. Lifts her up so slowly and power bombs her. It was awesome. Yeah. So uh, then basically by the end of the match you end up getting the only two people in the they both crawl to their uh, corners. Azumi and Julia. Azumi and Julia have a great exchange, better than the one I just explained. Um, and you th- and the crowd like goes from like really wanting Azumi to win to dying to see Azumi win. Like there's a spot where Azumi ends up getting a uh, a tilt roll uh, Fujiwara armbar. Uh, Julia fights to the ropes. Azumi turns into a disarmor, bends all the way so far back that her head touches the mat, and then like it looks excruciating and then like Julia basically just flips her body and like puts her foot on the rope and by the end like they basically triple team her and murder her uh with like a gourd buster into a double knee lift and and uh then she hits her uh tombstone pile driver and wins it was it was an awesome match awesome uh, match for sure four and a quarter um yeah that's what I'm thinking too and it was just like as you mentioned, like with all the pair offs, the one that I definitely want to see more of it was like Shuri and Momo Watanabe. Yeah, they kicked the holy hell out of each other, and they were like offering up like the "Yes, sir, may I have another" type. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you the open shot, but be prepared because I'm taking my open shot next. And uh, I thought, I thought Shuri was the star of the match. I, I thought so too. I think everybody had pretty good moments, but um, just just to continue. Hey, hey you, you you see you see uh, Zumi uh, went to the uh, she yeah. she got an extension game going. Yeah, I saw that. Hit, hit up Nikki Bella. Yeah, um, I also saw that like Utami was getting, got her hair curled up too. Is like uh, they're they're really trying. They're really trying. Um, but uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. It, it reminded me of one of the like matches we're seeing with Kenny and Hangman on Dynamite. Like just lots of big moves and like people pairing off and um, yeah, highly recommended. Yeah. Um, so I just thought about this eight months ago at the beginning of May, right? Queens Quest had six titles. They had the red belt would be Momo had the white belt. Momo and Utami had the tag belts. Utami had the SWA belt where that belt were like you can only defend against people that aren't from the country you you belong to or from. Uh, Utami had the Futures belt and Utami had the Pro Wrestling Eve International belt. Now today on February tenth, they have one belt, Utami's Future belt. And uh, how long she get to have that? She's had it for over a year. I'm saying like she ain't got to like get rid of it. Like there ain't a time limit on it. So. Um, I believe the rules are either you have to be under a certain age or less than two years of experience. So in theory, mm. she has another. Uh, she has until like August to come off that belt or, or relinquish it. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I like her just like hand it to a zoom or something like that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so then you have the white belt match, Arisa and B. What are your thoughts on this match before I go through it? Because this, go ahead. Loved it. Uh, four stars. And 
I thought it was like, yes, big moves, uh, lots of drama, great near falls at the end, and uh, V10, Arisa Hoshiki. Okay. So excellence I'm, continues. So I'm glad that I'm not someone that's losing their mind because I had it at like four. Now, I'm going to read through what happened in this match. Match immediately So, so you're going to pick on her for not selling you're gonna pick on her for not sewing the leg. This is the worst she's ever done on this one. Look, first five this is the first five minutes of the match. B works over Arissa's right knee for a while. Arissa jumps up and blows off the leg worth with running, jumping, landing, and kicking in record time, even for her, including running on the floor to the apron, to the second rope, and triple jumping. Uh, for a 1399 kick outside on the floor. Arissa gets right back into her feet hey. and shakes off her right knee. That's the first four minutes hey. of the match. That's that's her strength. People better better start trying to find a new way. <laughs> find a new way. It she obviously don't work. Is pulling people out of the match by killing the suspension of disbelief. If you get your leg worked over, don't fucking run and kick immediately. She literally jumped up after getting her leg worked over and started running and kicking. Continuing on. So, uh, B hits an incredible V trigger that turns the match around. Uh, B hits a swinging neckbreaker slash crossroads looking move that damn near dents the mat with Arissa's head. Uh, Arissa rolls out of a suplex attempt and head kicks uh, a seated B twice. Arissa jumps to the top rope and hits another 1399 uh, kick and immediately take, uh, makes a cover. B kicks it too, and then Arissa grabs her bad right knee. Arissa goes for an os cutter, but B meets her on the second rope and hits a uh, second rope German suplex. Uh, B hits a running knee to the back of the head and then slaps on an inverted four, uh, figure four and then ankle locks the healthy left leg. They're fucking up the plot. So Arissa gets on the bottom rope. Uh, Arissa gets to the bottom rope after a lengthy battle for. Uh, I'm sorry, gotta start one more time. Arissa eventually gets the bottom rope after a lengthy battle uh, where she screamed like blurted murder like she didn't just like we didn't just watch her no sell earlier methodical knee work for 99% of the match or that B doesn't even have the hold on the right fucking leg. Anyway, uh, Arissa goes for a triangle drop or her triangle missile drop kick off the top rope. Arissa sprints, jumps to the second rope, grabs B and gives her a face buster on the mat. Arissa stops wrestling and smiles at the crowd, then gives B a Kamigoya with the bad right knee. Uh, for some context, B turned on Queen's Quest for to leave to Oedota by giving Momo a, a Kamigoya at the last Cork and Hall show. Mm-hmm. Also for context, Arissa's in stars. So, <laughs> so Arissa goes for a running V trigger. B dodges and hits her own for a double down. They trade forearms so they're both up on their feet. Uh, B super kicks Arissa's healthy left knee out from underneath her and then super kicks her in the face. Um, B hits a bridging suplex for two. B V triggers Arissa's head into the uh, ring corner padding. Uh, B lifts up Arissa to the second rows for a uh, Japanese ocean cyclone suplex. Arissa fights. B ends up hitting her with a cheeky Nando's and then gets her in position for the Japanese ocean cyclone suplex. Arissa turns into a victory roll that nobody buys as a finish. Uh, I popped. <laughs> I'm glad you popped, but the crowd didn't. Uh, B blocks a head kick and then uh, hits a V trigger. B goes for a Kamigoye. Uh Arissa trap blocks it uh, and 
which I thought was really cool, and then turns it to a V trigger. B fires up. Arissa V triggers a fire right out of her for a knee fall. <laughs> uh, she hits an ugly looking Oz cutter. Uh, she hits a Brazilian kick and then hits a final V trigger for the win. Three point seven five to four. I don't know why she keeps doing this dumb shit to begin her matches. Like, just don't do the dumb shit. If you know it looks like dumb shit and it pulls you out of the match, why? And you know what you're going to do at the end of your match is going to be a bunch of running and jumping because you have a gigantic glaring hole in your game when it comes to not being able to grapple. Then why even let someone say, why even have a match layout of, I'm going to get my leg worked over at any point? Don't do it. Just don't do the shit. It's so fucking annoying to me. You're and like the match started and like it looked like Arissa was about to get or that B was gonna work over her back. And I was like, okay, tell that story. You can run with a bad back. You can't run with a fucking shot knee. And all her matches is, oh, I have a shot knee. It's like, stop. <laughs> Why hasn't someone told you to stop doing this? This is worse than Seth Rollins. A lot worse than Seth Rollins. No, Seth Rollins is selling leg injuries from years ago. <laughs> This is just someone kicking your knee during a match. This this was not getting her knee kicked. She put in a knee crank. She put in a reverse figure four. She did all the Bret Hart, Sean, or not Bret Hart, Bret Hart, Vince, or not Vince, Bret Hart, Ric Flair, knee work over, knee crank, drop, dropping onto your knee throughout the whole first five minutes of the match. And then she just got up immediately and started running and jumping and kicking. Yeah, It's nonsense. I, Don't I, do it. Doesn't bother me. I'm glad it doesn't bother you. <laughs> You ain't get to enjoy these matches. And while I'm sitting there like, this shit's so fucking fake looking. Alright, uh, the red belt match. This match was fucking incredible. Um, okay. Uh, context. Uh, Mayu's now in the pro, the pure resu, uh, Illuminati with Liger and, and, uh, Muda and Junakiyama and Chigusa Nagayo. Um, Shikusa Nagayo was the former head of, uh, Gaia. Gaia was basically, like, the big thing that kind of took over after, uh, All Japan Women's, like, kind of, like, or actually, that kind of, like, went bankrupt in 97. Um, she, uh, I'm trying to think, was she a crush gal? I think she was a crush gal. Can't remember. Anyway, um, she started up Gaia. Um, she went to retire in 05 and then, uh, she kind of got the bug again. So a few years ago, she started up another promotion called Marvelous. Um, Marvelous's ace is a woman named Takumi Roja. Takumi Roja is fucking incredible. Uh, anyway, you end up getting, um, during this <laughs> Japanese wrestling Illuminati meeting, Chigusa is hanging out with Mayu. Now that Mayu's now, uh, part part of La Familia, La Costa Nostra, or whatever, uh, and they, they hang out at this thing, and then, um, next thing you know, you, you see that, uh, Chigusa is at the Stardom Dojo, for some reason, and you, Mayu trying to, trying to outsource, you know, (laughs) she, she's scared, as, as, as Zach would say, yeah, real scared, so, she ends up, uh, Chigusa ends up teaching Mayu how to do her running three power bomb. Um, it's just a simple running power bomb. Uh, like during the last uh, Kagetsu match of Stardom, she gave Jungle a running uh, a running Razor's Edge. So I'm assuming it's like, hey man, it's really hard to give someone a fucking Razor's Edge. I'm scrawny. I'm a scrawny person. Like I need to figure out how to like do this without like you know hurting myself or. Or embarrassing myself even worse. So, 
brought her in, taught her, whatever else. And then uh, next thing you know, you hear that like Sari is dropped out because she has enteritis. Get well <laughs> soon. Hope you feel better. Hmm. We'll see. Um, sure, the, she does. We'll see. Uh, you know, there's there's um there's some talk about maybe possibly uh, Triple H said don't do it or not Triple H but WWE told her not to do it or whatever else because that's a that's one of those things where it's like NXT Japan or eventually she's going to end up in, in WWE some form or fashion. We'll see. Uh, but in the meantime, as a last Boy, one replacement, it's, it's funny. Yeah. Huh. So it was funny how, you know, if that was the case, it's funny how they don't want them losing certain matches. Yeah. Uh, so in the meantime, um, or in the room, cause it was, uh, they had a main event in packed house. Uh, they decide because, Oh, Hey, yeah. Um, Shigusa Nagaya, you have a, one of the best women's wrestlers in the world. Um, how about, and you know, you she used to be in stardom, and she's friends with uh Mayu or very friendly over the years. Um, you know, remember that time when you had your first Kurikan Hall show and we let Mayu wrestle Takumi? Uh, how about you pay us back that favor now? So Takumi comes in, non title match, and pre match promo is that Takumi's like, Yeah, uh, it took me years for uh Chigusa to teach me the the running three power bomb. And like she taught Mayu that move in like a couple days after knowing her. Interesting. So they come out and Mayu has tape on her bad shoulder um, from the partial rotator cuff tear. And like the whole match is like Takumi just overwhelms her with just light lightning strikes, kicking like she's fucking Koto Bushi. <laughs> um, and just beats the shit out of Mayu. And Mayu basically probably gets 30, 30% of the match. And, you know, in between time, she's avoiding um, getting pinned and staying alive by, like, you know, hitting huge big counters for near falls, like crucifix power bombs or turning running power bombs into, like, hurricane ranas uh, or West Coast pops or, you know, stuff like that. But, most of the match is just Takumi just working over her shoulder and kicking the shit out of her. And there's one, there's also a spot where the German suplex were like, look, I've seen Mayu's neck at all certain, certain types of weird, funky angles. I've never seen, I thought she was actually hurt. That's how bad her neck was, uh, was put in position. Like it's one thing. It's really weird to see Gumby stretch further than Gumby can go. (laughs) That's the best way I can explain it. Um, at the end of the match, uh, she ends up, uh, Takumi ends up hitting her with a power bomb, lifts her up like how Matt Riddle lifts up people after a power bomb and before she hits that knee, but instead of hitting that knee, she picks her up and hits her with a, a, a Liger bomb and pins her one, two, three, just destroys Mayu, whoops her ass left and right and not in this non-title match. Mayu says, you know, uh, look, um, you just, you know, you more or less just kick my ass like you deserve a title shot. Please challenge me for the title shot. I got to prove myself. So it's, to me, it's like, oh, it's a one in one. But uh, after this happens, Oedo Tai comes in. And it's only native Oedo Tai. It's just basically the people that were in the the tag match, the trios tag match earlier. So it's Saki and, and the Oedo Tai B team. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> 
Yes, exactly. Uh, so Saki comes out. Saki says, "Hey, I'm still very, very interested in you." And then Mayu says, "I'm not interested in you at all." <laughs> uh, and she says, "I want to sing. I want to sing." Sounds like some movie. prince would say in Purple Rain or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was like the most dickish thing ever. It was like. Yeah, I turned to you and left you for another faction. And now, aren't you mad about it? And Mayu's like, nope. <laughs> I don't beef down. <laughs> I don't I don't beef down. So, uh, she says, Saki Kashima, I'm not interested. So, they go to jump Mayu. Takumi basically clears the ring with Oedo Tai. Mayu gets on the mic and says, Damn, Takumi, you're so damn cool. <laughs> and then, uh, because... And then she says, "Look, it's been six years since you've uh, uh, since you've been in Stardom. Do you want to close the show? They close the show, or she closed the show with stars. Um, there's speculation and talk on Twitter that, like, you know, this year they're going to do some swapping work, basically swapping work between Stardom and Marvelous or whatever else. And you know, um, you see what they're doing with Donna Del Mondo, uh, Julia's faction, where it's like basically it's kind of like it's her and the freelancers between mm-hmm. Micah and." Uh, Shir, or sorry, Siri. Like maybe that's their faction is like the the outsource or sorry the uh the freelancers, um to you know try to help for these big shows come in for these big shows. You have Marvelous coming in. Takumi's fucking awesome. Uh, oh, one thing I wanted to mention during this match, as she's working on her shoulder, Mayu goes for one running power bomb, and she can't do it because one Takumi's bigger than her. And two, her shoulders just jack. She can't do it. And then, like, there's also a spot where she's getting her ass kicked, and she goes for uh, a scorpion, scorpion deathlock. Can't do it because her shoulders too jack. She doesn't have the strength. Like this match is fucking awesome. Anyway, like I think the future. I think they're gonna be doing matches with like you know some stardom or some marvelous talent, and maybe some marvelous some stardom goes talent goes to marvelous. Who knows? But. Um, that can be really cool because Takumi's awesome, and like that match was I gave that shit four and three quarters. So like, I I think a title match makes it even hotter. Eventually, there's going to be another, or we assume there's going to be another uh, Siri match, or there's going to be a Siri match, and then you also have Jungle who's out here muttering Mayu's name. So it's like <laughs> you have all these people; they all want the title. That's awesome. Yeah, um, Mayu got to practice her no selling. You know, power through. <laughs> you know, move the game forward. Move the game forward. <laughs> okay, that's it of the show. Um, be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using. Listen to this. Tell the people about the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Um, Lay a donation to... down if you want yeah, to. Yeah. Go, go, go to the Red Circle page. We, we appreciate our donators uh, so far and hope to see more of y'all. So, um yeah, I'm, I'm sure um, uh, keeping a strong style should be very interesting this week. Maybe may make <laughs> parents on there. I'm not sure. Oh, um, you want to you do a run in, huh? Yeah, I, I may do a run in. Uh, <laughs> you want to blow week. up their whole shit, huh? You know, like, we gonna talk about it. You know, <laughs> we, look, we are not hiding from these real facts. <laughs> yes, yes, we are not hiding from Tessie United. So, inconvenient truth. Yes. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Speaking, of, uh, speaking of the truth, uh, there was some tell the truth action going on this weekend in the XFL. Oh, really? I did not watch it, but it came across my Twitter timeline. Oh, there was man. there was some tell the truth action out there. Oh man! Well, head busters. 
terrible. Um, yeah, so be sure to uh, check out our friends at powerslam.tv, the independent sponsor of this show. If you're a fan of, of uh, independent pro wrestling, they have over 5,000 hours of footage from all over the world. You can use the code Social Suplex to get your free must trial. Don't forget to visit prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex. Pick up some official social suplex podcast network merchandise. Um, also, be sure to check out the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. On Sundays, we have this show, One Nation Radio. On Tuesdays, we have Keeping a Strong Style. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Podcast. Every other Wednesday, we have Women Watching Shit. On Fridays, we have In the Ring. And on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite. Thanks for listening. Peace. Later. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.